Hey, y'all. Scotty Real. And the dude here. And we just want to shout out to our crew of listeners, growers, cannabis professionals, and recreational tokers. Otherwise known as the Dude Grows Crew. Who every week come through solid and donate their hard-earned money to produce this show. It's the support from our listeners that directly produces the Dude Grow Show and keeps the unbiased grow knowledge pumping out week after week after week, guys. You are the DGC, and there's strength in numbers. So please show us some love and help produce the next show by going to DudeGrows.com and making a small donation. Respect. Come on, brother. Let's get high and start the show. Yeah. You're listening to the Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What's up, everybody? Number 26, Dude Grow Show, right out of Denver, Colorado, Mile High, baby. How you doing, Scotty? Yo, yo, yo. Doing great, dude. Yes, this is going to be a good one, man. I just cleaned out my glass bowl the other day. Yes, I'm old school. Um, and you know how it is, man. When you clean a piece, you're just – I actually used it once today, and you start coughing. You're like, shit, I cleaned that. <laughs> yeah. But it should tune me properly, that's for sure. Hell yeah, man. But yeah, yeah, man, tell them what we got today. It's going to be great, guys. We're going to talk uh, extraction methods. What do we? We're going to talk. How would you categorize the two methods, Scotty? Um, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, highbrow on you. Solventless and non-solvent. Yes, How's that so, man. That works. Solventless, no, no, solvent, and, and solventless and non-solvent, man. That's awesome, man. I'm stoned already, man. Exactly. God. You know, this isn't. I'll admit, it's not one of my strong points, but that's why we should have a, two interviews coming up. Bring you guys a little knowledge, and uh, it'll be interesting for me to learn as well as Scotty to learn. I mean, we're both kind of a little old school. You know, the younger smokers these days, it's on. It's like they don't even know what herb is. They just know about oil. So. Yeah, we're I know. Gonna, I was I was warning my Florida friends about that, man. That shit's coming, you know. We got to get the low down. We got to get the low down. I don't mind oil, shed, or whatever. If it's coming from my garden or, you know, very reliable, you know, healthily grown plant, I'll say, I'm all about it. Uh, but we'll get to the bottom clean. of it. Shit's got to be clean. That's why I'm, I'm getting some of these people, you know, doing this podcast. We've ran into some really awesome people doing some, you know, high work, you know, so, some some really incredible work. So some of these guys, like this one guy I know is making water hash, man, amazing water hash, the kind of water hash you can dab. I want to know how he does it. We're going to call him and find out, man. <laughs> Heck, yeah. No, I love it. We got everybody from the new listener, just like we sent out a sample recharge to that uh, new grower, closet grower in Florida, to uh, people that are using CO2 machines to extract, you know, hash oil, et cetera. So good parameters, good range of all kinds of growers. I, hey. I was, 
And, and these clock, I got all these CFL growers I'm talking to now, man. I want some yield reports, man. I heard you can do really well with them, so I really want some yield reports off CFLs, off these closet CFLs? Growers. Oh, you mean like the old school, like compact, like T8s or T5s or what? I think they're using the dangly ones you buy from Walmart. You know, they're taking like those. I, one of my buddies is taking like five CFLs and putting them on a, you know, some kind of an octopus type of thing. And, uh, you know, he's <laughs> got, you know, you know oh. what I mean, you know, one of those. Four or five light bulb socket thing. Yes, the octopus light bulb adapter product. Yes, man, yes. <laughs> uh, what's and, going on in your grow coming up, Lan? you got to give him a preview because it doesn't look good. Oh, shit, man. Freak out, man. Grow room freak out for Scott. If anybody was hanging out with me on social media this week on Facebook, y'all know what it's all about. But, uh, yeah, I'll just give you a preview. Scott was freaking out all weekend. Awesome. I'm kind of no, worried about that. Honestly, one. I was only freaked out for a few hours, and I reached out to the community. Sure enough, learned exactly what was going on, got the facts, got the microscope out, and uh, solved the problem, man. Hell yeah! I got a little bit of foliar spraying going on for some deficiencies. Uh, gonna tell, give a, a few tricks I got. I've mentioned them before once, but about slowing down your bedroom. You know, sometimes your bedroom can just be turboing too quick. My plants are prepping for outside, and my God, they're they're too big already. I'm going to run out of room in this this little bedroom of mine. But yeah, I'm going to give a few of the tips I've learned. Hmm, what else we got going on? What's the, what's more in this preview? Grow talk heavy. Looks like at least six questions here. We got. Uh, Did we get hot and heavy, or just heavy today? Just man? heavy for now. We'll get hot and heavy in a minute here. God, I never get tired of that, man. Have to, to toke on this bowl. I think I actually have a new strain here. It's going to be secrets, uh, as well as uh, you know, it's 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 in the afternoon. Not every show, but I got a bush beer sitting here, so we're going to go connoisseur weed with uh, your grandpa's ale. All right, so that's how we're rolling today on Dude Grow Show. Uh, I guess stop babbling and. Uh, you know, come back. I did mention, guys, that recharge offer is still out there for you guys. Um, basically, we got a great story, and we'll touch on that for a minute. And a gentleman that wanted an 8-ounce uh, recharge product from us, that is Scotty's formulation, secret formulation of beneficial microbes. Uh, we're the ingredients them out. are on the side, man. <laughs> <laughs> so if you like what you're hearing, guys, everything's out there, man. Hit it up on iTunes if you're a... Apple user, which I'm leaning towards after hearing Scotty's nightmare with the Windows 8 machine. Holy shit, man. That thing's kind of shitty. And if you are an Android phone user, uh, you know, out and about in the garden, hit us up on Beyond Pod. Check it out. Everything will be uh, there for you, man. So we'll be right back. Tons of grow talk, interviews about solvent and solventless extraction methods. Did I get that oh, correct? Yes. That's why you're the dude, my man. All right, all right. And, yeah, feeling amped, guys. Number 26, Dude Grows Show. Everything is on DudeGrows.com if you'd like, or if you prefer, a grow lab. Where would they go? Uh, 420growlab.com. That's where Heck my yeah. stuff's at. That's where the store is as well. That's right. We're pushing a little bit of our own shit. Pick up some recharge. If you don't know what it is, go back to uh, two episodes. I believe it's like titled All About Beneficial Microbes. You went off for a while. It was great. So... Yeah, I've been handing it out to everybody I see, man. I mean, there's all sorts of good stuff in there. You know, sometimes it's the kelp that helps you out. You know what I mean? Putting a little bit of kelp in there, bam. Microbes, definitely. Just good shit to have. Exactly. Word. Well, let's take a quick break. Get this bowl packed up. Make sure this bush beer's a little filled up there. You know, this isn't the beer and weed show, but every once in a while it sneaks on in there. And uh, we'll be right back, guys. All right. 
The sky is everyone's blanket. inside my eyelids and they light up yeah. it looks like a kaleidoscope in there and it's like a yeah. whole they're like a whole new world underneath your eyelids you don't even know it's there yeah it's there it's been there since you were born that's right but you never noticed it till you stare directly into the sun and you're not fully alive until just before you're dead so you definitely have to check out the dude go show i mean this brother keep it real if you want the true facts of what is you have to check out the show yeah dudegrows.com we used to talk about what bulb to go with the plant max or the hortolux or ushio and i mean i think now it's done if you're a colorado grower 60 dollars thousand watt hortolux is over at way to grow dude say hey I'm, i want to use dude grows account i want to get that 60 dollar deal on the thousand watt hortoluxes another badass hookup tell that to the guys in california and uh that's cheaper than 500 like guys can buy them for just stock up on the hortolux it's a fucking no-brainer what's going on guys let's get into the news a little here oh wait man i've been smoking so i'm forgetting we're skipping what we're smoking yo Damn, man. i was ready to jump right to the news scotty damn straight man what are you smoking man it's getting you so high <laughs> man a combination i got a couple things to tell you i am doing the uh hemlock today from reserva Pravada, colorado uh i just got that basically out of the cure jar and uh took about i'd give it a month in there almost before i touched it uh if i can which was great because i had other options but uh it's it is it is tasty for sure especially when you give it the patient like the the patient longer cure instead of it's like you know back in the day as soon as you harvest it if you didn't have a herb you're like i'm gonna dry that bud in the microwave man i need some smoke <laughs> fuck that man it sucks no, no i hear you but it's been it, it was it's Awesome strain, very solid structure. It's Durban Poison crossed with LA Confidential. Uh, right off Reserva Pravada site here. I don't know how exactly they judge this, but they say it's beginner friendly. Um, and, you know, flowering time on it, 63 to 70 days. I think I took it almost to 70. You know me. I like to go a little longer with it. Now, this and, is another one of those uh, those uh, feminized yep, seeds? From, Straight from, from seed? From feminized seed, I uh, grew two of them. Uh, one was probably about six inches taller 
than the other as far as seeing, you know, phenotypes between the two. But, you know, I just handle that, of course, by boosting the other one up six inches. No big deal. They both yielded great. I didn't take the time to actually uh, get the total yield per the two plants. But, uh, you know, overall, it's more of a sativa uh, dominant, which I'm after typically. And uh, But I wanted to get into, um, <laughs> I mentioned it last show, these uh, fruit roll-up things I got um, from this guy Wax at the Cannabis Cup. You remember okay. last time we mentioned, like, we couldn't record one day because I, I ate a full fruit roll-up, and I called you, and you're like, dude, you're sounding, you're sounding kind of slow today, you know? <laughs> and I was. I was basically, you know, I ate a whole fruit roll-up, but I managed that day. I did all right with it. I didn't, like, fully conk out or anything. And then yesterday, I was like, all right, I'm going to have one more of these things. I got it. You know, I had my first one, but now I'm going to have one more because I, I'm familiar with how it's going to work. Sure. It kicked my ass, man. Like, come 3 o'clock the other day, you know, I'm supposed to be getting ready to go out and do some things. i got to pick up kiddos from school, yada, yada. I have to call my wife up, man. It's like, I tried an edible today, and it's time for, for the dude to have a nap. Oh, God <laughs> love her, man. God love her. Oh, yeah, right. She's like, do you know it's Monday? Okay, it's Monday, <laughs> and you're experimenting with edibles? Really? It's like, all right. I, I can't come back and you. I don't know what to say. <laughs> But, uh, you oh, know, in man. summary, these, these were edibles, uh, professional packaging from this guy, Wax. He has a website, waxpharmaceuticals.com. I don't think it's up yet. Um, but it's basically the strawberry cough fruit roll-up, which I mentioned before. It's really cool. They taste awesome because he uses actually strawberry cough nugs. So you can taste strawberry cough type nugs if you're familiar with it in the fruit roll-up. And wow. um, we mentioned on here, it says on the label, for daring consumers, decarboxylate, which we're learning more about in today's show, by baking in the oven at 210 for three hours. You know what? I'm not a daring consumer anymore, Scotty. I didn't even <laughs> do that at all. So next time I'm enjoying, I have one more. I'm going to cut that baby in half. That's why you got to be brave you know, with the edibles. And really, guys, take a lot less than you think you need and get familiar with it before. you know. I just want to put that warning out there. There's been some negative news about edibles uh, recently, so we don't need any more negative news. So... No, I mean, you can definitely overdose on weed, man. By Seriously. Eating it. By it, eating it. it was like, yeah, it was weird because I've done that before where it was too much and I, should, I know better. It's like we're laying on the couch and I'm like trying to watch TV to figure it out. I'm eating some candy and then I'm feeling like weird. I'm like, why is this going on with my body? Like something really bad's going to happen, like paranoia sure. shit. And then it's like, dude, you ate too big of an edible. Like, calm down. And, like, that was going on for about 45 minutes. So. Oh, no. Anyway, I know now. We're going to cut that baby, that dose right in half. Maybe actually we'll cut it down to a quarter. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of edibles, man. You oh, yeah, the other thing, dude, I took it at about 11 in the morning. You know, I'm not, I'm not a dumbass. I don't need to be taking edibles um, before I'm going to go out and drive and do shit out in public. I figured sure. I'd take it at 11 in the morning. I don't have anything to do till 3.30. I'm good. It didn't even start kicking in for like two hours after I ate it. And I was like, whoa, okay. Nice delay. I think it's because I had some bacon and eggs in my tummy, but sure. Anyway, what do you got going on, man? You got some? Uh, well, I'm harvesting a little bit of an early flow. I've got a couple phenos of flow that I got from a couple seeds. Now, why do you call and, it early flow? Uh, because uh, this is a couple branches that fell off a little bit early that <laughs> that I that I accidentally accidentally broke off. There you go. Yeah, so I just wanted to try it. You know, it's probably about 10 days too early, 
But uh, and man, it oh, just looks yeah. so crazy, man. It's like the got like a blue purple kind of color to it. And uh, I'm looking, and it says uh, it says that it's purple tie and Afghani indica. Uh, it says pear shaped buds. I know that my buds are. I don't know if they're pear shaped, man, but they do have these this crazy like blue purple color to them. So really beautiful plant. Even the leaves are really dark green. Uh, and it's not a really fast, huge grower, but pretty vigorous plant. And it's that classic hollow stem chronic, man. You know, when you cut the stem or you break the stems, yep. they're completely hollow. I grew a flow uh, outdoors last year. And, yeah, the, the main thing that set it apart for all my other genetics was the taste. Like, it just really unique. Uh, I mean, it almost I still have a little left, actually, from last year's outdoor, which is why outdoor rocks. But oh, yeah. uh, its flavor is just so unique. I don't even know what adjectives to put to it, but it's a really good tasting flower. Yeah, it's like spicy or something. I don't know what's going on there. I like here in the uh, – I got the Chronicle in front of me here from April out here in Colorado. That's uh, your guide to marijuana in Colorado. They put out quarterly, and uh, they got that one editor. I think this is William Breeze writing this, and he says he has a review of flow in here, but part of it says it's uh, it's like this flow can be mellow, can be a mellow float down a lazy river on a Tuesday afternoon when you should be working. Or it could be a straight to puff on leisurely while getting yard work done or taking the dogs for a hike in the foothills. <laughs> like, nice. Isn't that awesome? Nice. I love it. It's like so yeah. I feel like peaceful music should be playing while I'm reading that. <laughs> you know, flow is definitely a very daytime up high. No chance at couch lock with this. And it's uh you know, I've actually got a couple of artist friends that when they come to town, when they come to Colorado, they say, Man, please look out for the flow and try to get us some because it's just such a, a, a creative kind of high, man, as strange Indeed. as that sounds. Yeah, it's really nice. It does not sound strange at all. It's stimulating that creative part of your brain, and then it's like, what, making the other part of your brain per that study that has motivation more lazy, you know? I'm going to say uh, we are explicit, like, fuck the stereotype. Sometimes dude's going to have the anti-stereotype. Just before the show today, Scotty, I had, did about an hour workout, and at about 30 minutes in, I took a minute break to just toke on this bowl for a second. And I, I've never seen an issue, I, I can't say never, with motivation and smoking herb, period. But I guess when you get the you know the strain that's meant to put, your, put you on your ass on the couch, that's different, like eating too much edibles yesterday. But I don't know, sometimes that gets me gets me rallying when people are just like, yeah, man, lazy stoners. It's like, oh, my God, where are you coming from? Hey, I've seen it. I, I'm not going to lie, man. I have met some lazy stoners, man, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's just like anything, man, you know? I've met some lazy people that eat McDonald's too, man. That's what I'm saying, man. I met lazy, lazy beer drinking folks, man. The stereotypes don't fit. No, you know? not at all, not you at all. You can't go around stereotyping people, man. Ain't a good way to live. Well, let's get into some news here. Um, let's see. And if you guys, man, ever want to send us what you're smoking, let us know. Hit us up. Hit me up, DudeGrows at Gmail, DudeGrows.com. Go to Scotty's page. Just go to questions, comment at 420 Grow Lab. We're yep. always checking all our networks. Hells yes, man. Yeah, Facebook is a good place to find me too. Scotty Real on Facebook or 420 Grow Lab has a page over there. Definitely. Always, Always getting into it with the Facebook friends, man. Good crew over there. I'm always getting into it with my real-life friends, too. I guess I can't say that anymore, though. Facebook friends are real-life friends, um, but, you know, I'm just I'm just getting there. Yeah, anyway, man. news, news, news. Hash oil explosion in Jeffco. Two children in home 
unharmed. I love how they just throw that in there because it's not even they should have put like two children in home unharmed, also dogs in the backyard okay, small birds and tree were uninjured as well. Like anyway. Somebody think of the children. You know, yeah. this is a uh, It, it is a douchey thing show. to do. It is a douchey thing to do, man. Just go into your garage and try to make butane hash with your freaking wife and kids in the house, man. You yeah, know what I mean? a three-year-old and eight-month-old. I mean, it's kind of a douchey thing to do anyway, unless you, you know, are 110% experienced, positive, etc. Like, we don't need any of this negativeness, and yeah. Yeah, I, I had a buddy that smoked some shit yesterday. Came over and smoked. It was a joint of flour. Took started coughing. Um, you know, somebody brought him a joint of, of of flour. Immediately started coughing and had to go to the hospital. Man. What's a There's, joint of flour? Joint of flour. You know, flour rolled up. You know, not concentrate, man. You know what I mean? Just a straight up joint. You know. Okay. And he started coughing, and sure enough, man, he had to go to the hospital, and they're doing running toxicology tests and stuff like that, because something he inhaled off that joint. Made him like mega sick, like sick oh, enough yeah, to have yeah. to go to the hospital, man. That's crazy. That's why I'm saying the dude's only doing like concentrates he's created, <laughs> and which ain't happening right now. But this is what I'm saying. This wasn't even concentrate. This was flour. You know? Straight but, flour. But, you know. Man, yeah, yeah. My mind, obviously, my herb's working because when you said a joint of flour, I was picturing like baking flour, dude. What the hell yeah. is wrong with me? <laughs> no, but that anyway. really sucks, dude. If you got flour material, oh my god, that just yeah. Think about it. If there's mildew on there, or mold on there, oh, yeah. or something like that, or the guy just sprayed fluoramide or whatever the hell, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I guarantee you, some of those guys, man, they're gonna keep their job. They're gonna kill those mites, even if there's only five days left in the cycle. Yeah, the guy, the guy's out of town. He's in uh, Michigan, but he bought a letter dispensary too, man. So, hey, brother, I, I know you're a listener, man. So, uh, yeah, man, feel better, man. Absolutely Definitely. feel better, man. And this article just kind of goes on here. You know, a variety of fuels can be used to extract cannabis. And, um, you know, I'm not really a fan of butane hash. I'm kind of ignorant to it for sure. Uh, but it just seems like there's there's going to be better ways uh, and that, you know, they're trying to get that highly potent wax. And I get it. I, you know, I, one reason, I guess, is because people like to push the limits with whatever they're doing. And to me, it seems like we're trying to turn sometimes like marijuana into something harder than it is, you know. But, man, I just pushed this story, put that story out there because I want people just to understand, man, we're just on the on the cusp man. we just. We're the representatives for this new, you know, legal marijuana, and if we do it right and we act respectable, then we'll eradicate, you know, marijuana prohibition totally. But if we go blowing up our garages with our wife and and babies in the next room, yeah, it's gonna grab the wrong attention. Yeah, we're gonna fuck it up, man. You know what I mean? So just so you know, don't think fuck about, it up. Yeah, think about what you're doing, man. You know, you're representing the community when you're doing shit like that. Hell yeah, you know? hell yeah. I mean, man, we're not asking you to do anything, but just go fucking blow the butane outside, outside your garage, goddammit. Yes, that, that is very important. That's too much to ask. Oh, man. All right, next story, next story here. This is some good news, Scotty. We cover <laughs> some uh, DUI on the show, DUI coverage, you know, a bit. Uh, had a good interview back. Man, I should know the episode number with Jay Tiktitchin from, uh, I think it's DUI5280. And basically, this is out of Arizona, I think. Arizona court pot um, metabolite test not enough for DUI conviction. So this oh, yeah. is 
awesome news from there. Basically, what they're saying is, you know, they got to decide. Um, let me find the part in art. Am I saying that right? Yeah, metabolite. Yeah, yeah. It's not the weed, but it's the evidence that that, that the weed's been in your system. And how long does that hang out? Like some people I've heard that that can hang out in their system if they haven't smoked and like or used cannabis in any way in 30 days, they can still find it. Yeah, I I know that cannabis hangs out in your fat glands, so I know that cannabis hangs out for 30 days. That used to be the standard in drug tests. You know, if you're going in the military, they would tell you you got to quit smoking weed 30 days before you go in. Yeah, and th- this is some of the wording here. Um, this is the state Supreme Court in Arizona statute. They said that the language of Arizona statute is ambiguous and does not make a distinction between the marijuana metabolite that causes impairment and the one that does not when determining whether criminal charges are warranted. I love it. Yeah, so, I think you can have a shitload of metabolite in your system and not be the least bit high. For example, if I didn't smoke weed for uh, a, an entire day, you know, or if I went to sleep and woke up the next morning and drove to the airport and they tested me, uh, I probably would have an incredibly high amount of metabolite in my system. Am I high? Am I unable to drive? Of course not. Yeah, so, and I hope, this, I hope Colorado adopts this. I think Colorado is like the five nanogram limit right now, which we've all talked about. That, that sucks because, you know, I'm going to be at the five nanogram limit tomorrow morning. Um, but I, I hadn't smoked since, you know, tonight, and that's Is that metabolite? Unfair. I wonder if that's five nanograms of metabolite. We should research that. Yeah, we'll have to look into it a little more. It's just it's good to hear that it seems like Arizona is going in the right direction, at least. They're saying, you know, it's not just going to rely on the fact of, and, and this all came about because one guy in Arizona, he got pulled over for speeding, and he admitted to using marijuana, uh, I think, the night before. So they tested him, and they gave him a DUI. It was just strictly based on his, you know, his blood test. It didn't have anything to do, I believe, with like a roadside, uh, anything else, which that's a living nightmare. Yeah, that is insane, man. That so, is insane. Take notes, Colorado. Let's get let's get more intelligent with how we're going to look at uh, DUIs for sure. Cause All right. I'm not down. Dude doesn't want one for marijuana or any other substance. All right, no, so. Sir. No, sir. Got that Southern coming in. That's an <laughs> interview coming up with Dr. J. I think he's got a little bit of South in him. Absolutely. All right, last article in the news, Denver Post. I liked this one as well. Dude likes to find the good news. Um, in Colorado, a law is being explored that would seal past marijuana convictions. So, I mean, this is this is just obvious, right? How many people haven't been able to become part of what's currently going on in this state? Simply because they were a grower before it was, you know, legal. Very sure. frustrating. Sure. Because um, you got to have a clean criminal record, to my knowledge, to do anything with the medical marijuana industry or typically, I believe, probably recreational industry as well. And you could have a guy that might be one of the best growers, the best four growers in the state that, you know, eight years ago got taken out in a 10-lighter and now he's freaking tainted. So I'm all about getting that shit sealed. You know, they go into more. It's not just that example it's just adults in general you know that need to get their they're transferring jobs um anything in the you know the real world where records are being checked it'd be great to have that shit sealed especially if it's you know a non-violent offense somebody's got an out somebody's got eight lights hanging up nothing's wrong with that hell do, no. I a, do i get a thumbs up there absolutely man absolutely <laughs> hell no ain't nothing wrong with that if it's wrong i don't want to be right Yes, yes. And uh, so, yeah, keep an eye on that. And if you guys do have uh, 
prior convictions out there, definitely try and take advantage of this. You know, get in touch with attorney and see how you can get your shit sealed because, uh, yeah, I ain't doing nothing wrong anyway, man. Come on, leave yeah. me alone. Get yourself one of them dark lawyers. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's, um, I don't know, what do you think, man? You want to do some grower questions or should we should we cut right into this? I think first we should get into this interview, man. Let's. Yeah, let's do it. Talking about concentrates and stuff in the news and whatnot, man, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about it, man. Yeah, all right, guys. Let's take a break, though. Uh, I think King Marijuana wants to kick in a little. And then, uh, yeah, let's get a hold of Dr. J. He is uh, a listener of the show as well as his own grower, as well as his own YouTube channel, and just a really good guy all around. And what sold us on him was he, he came to the Cannabis Cup, and he had, you know, he hung out in our, our you know, recreation station, Dude Grows Trailer, and uh, had some unbelievably great, you know, solvent lists, water hash, you know, and that was what said, hey, we got to get you on the show and talk about that shit. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cool. Well, let's do that. You guys enjoy this interview with Dr. J. Then we're going to come back here again. I think we're going to squeeze in another interview with uh, the gentleman that does, we'll say, solvent, not solvent list, but solvent full. <laughs> solvent oh, full solvent. extracts. We're going to bring in the chemist next, man. Yeah, that'll work. I'm 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 gonna learn on both of these. So, uh, all right, guys, sit tight. If you like it all, dudegrows.com, where it's all at. We got Scotty over at 420 Grow Lab. Got the store in full effect. Definitely uh, appreciate all you guys that picked up Recharge last week. Uh, it's going out, and uh, before the end of this week, we will be in at least two, if not three, of the way to grows. Trying to represent hard on, uh, we'll call it the Dude Grows, you know, first official product of the show, Recharge Beneficial Microbe Inoculant. How's that for on the run? That's the live commercial, guys. I leave, <laughs> man. You talented, man. You talented. All right. Dude Grows and Scotty Reel out for a minute. Enjoy the interview, and we'll be back with another. Let's do it.
summertime in my grow, man. It's it's 85 degrees, and I actually called up Todd. Temperature needs. Yeah, full-on cool guy. Knows, what do they call mission-critical air conditioning, meaning grow air conditioners. And uh, he's got me hooked up with, a, I think I'm getting a three-ton unit. Really excited, and I mean, the price is thousands less than the next guy. So Call Todd, 720-312-1015. Summer is coming, and he can help you out. Alright guys, we got this hot and heavy interview. That's for you, Scotty. Hot and heavy <laughs> interview instead of grow talk here. We got uh we got Dr. J on the line. He is actually uh kinda all met up on the internets, you know, good place to network. And uh yeah, where do you come from? You got a YouTube channel out there, right, Dr. J? Yeah, it's uh MJ Organics three oh three. Yeah. Nice. It's kind of like a grow documentation and whatnot. Yeah, it's just my first uh YouTube channel shot at it you know just throwing up some videos every couple of days on there and giving us some information yeah there's definitely some interesting uh things going on there uh dr j is the yeah. guy that took me to one of the cleanest and and beautifully built grows that i've ever seen man so he def- definitely knows what he's doing there or i know you've been out in colorado for a while but i just still can't get over you got some of that southern accent and you still don't you yeah, still. I, even after being here since 1990, I still got a little bit of accent. <laughs> I know when you told me you've been here that long, I was like, "Well, you're you're keeping the South in you. That's good. I like it." Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Scotty, why don't you why don't you take it away, man? Let's get into this. I'm here to learn too. I, I you know, I've definitely done the solventless extraction method, but uh, you know, anymore, I just do dry ice out of quickness and ease. But yeah, let's learn about. Let's get into it. That's all I'm gonna say. Take it away, Scotty. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I. The, the trend now is dabs, and, and everybody's using butane. And, I mean, the news story we just did about, uh, you know, people exploding their houses and getting sent to the hospital uh, with butane. It's, yeah. it's, it's not for everybody, you know. Not everybody should be running a butane extractor or, or making uh, solvent uh, extractions. And I remember back in the day, I used to do water hash. And I remember if I took my time and did a good job with it, I could make some gummy, gooey water hash. And you know, pretty amazing stuff. And I kind of got away from it. I haven't been doing it much, but I hooked up with uh, Dr. Hold on, J. you said gooey, gooey, gummy water hash. We do have to. We forgot to mention Dr. J was hanging at the Dude Groves trailer there at the Canvas Cup, and I will testify that was some gooey good <laughs> shit for yeah. sure. So he is he is qualified to be on the show today and give some feedback <laughs> right on how he came up with that. Go ahead. Yeah, that's Scott. What I, that's what I was gonna say. Is as I didn't hadn't seen any for a long time, and then I saw he's just got you know. Five different strains of it, and just just tons of it. Yeah, it took he, me he, back. Yeah, he's making the funk every single time. So I figured, what you know, let's learn some secrets. If Dr. J will uh, divulge, man, how how do you make yeah. that stuff? Well, uh, first off, you got to get some bags from the dude um, at the dude com. You know, Ooh, that's yeah. where I got them from. So nice. those bags work really good. Um, I just uh, you know you use fresh frozen is uh, one of the starting things that you want to do. <laughs> so why do you prefer, do you, I mean, just, it obviously works better. I know I hear all kinds you, of opinions here. Why fresh frozen versus dried and stored in a bag properly? Yeah, I just I just think the fresh frozen, you get a, uh, you know, a better taste, you know, a more oily type product. So you just um, taste it and see it in your end result. Yeah, it just, it just works out better uh, for cool. me. You don't, and it, it, it does, it, it sticks together better, you know, it gets, it's more sticky. You know, I think Sticky you know, it's a little good. bit more. It's a little bit more drier when you let it dry out. You know. Very interesting. I would have never thought that in a million but, years. Uh, 
Yeah, just right after you trim, just bag it up and throw it in the freezer. And then uh, whenever you get ready to make hash, just pull it out and, and make Take hash. I just, so I, what I do is I just use the bubble bags, you know, and just uh, use a wooden spoon. I don't use this. Don't use a drill or anything like that. Just, See, uh, I did that it. back in the day. I had the drill bit. Uh, I had my buddy who was a welder. We made, like, our own, like, turbo paddle. <laughs> we made something even more abrasive uh, than the uh, yeah. mixer. And you said that, that you feel that really damages things, right? Yeah, it'll mess it up a little bit. You want to be kind of kind of gentle and start for about only 10 minutes, you know, each time. And so, uh, if you go so for you about just... 10 minutes with a spoon, you know, and uh, you'll get a real good first run. And you can do that for about three runs before you start, you know, losing quality. Well, for the people that haven't done this, tell us, like, how many how many bags are you using? you got a five-bag set. Are you using every yep. bag in the set, or it just depends on what yeah. you want? Yeah, I use every bag, but what you want to do is I really don't. I really discard the second bag. I don't use that too much. And what micron is the second bag? I think that's the 160 micron. Okay. Some people might use it. You can use that for edibles. Um, you know, set that aside and make that for your edibles. Um, but, you know, smoking it, uh, you just keep everything else from that bag down. And uh, you can separate it. Um, you know, what I do when I'm done with it is I put it out. And I, I really gently dab it with, the you know, the cloth. Sure. Um, and then um, what you do is you run it, you push it through a, a kitchen strainer with a spoon over cardboard. Okay. Um, you, you smush it and run the spoon back and forth and tap on it, and then you want to spread it out real thinly over a piece of cardboard. Um, and, you know, and that makes the little, little crystals, you know, and it breaks it up really small to where it dries properly, and you get a good drying cure on it. Yeah, because I remember what we had, you, you had water hash that was dabbable. Straight up dabbable. You could, yeah. You can. What you can do with you can do a lot of different things with it when it's like that. What I do is uh, I'll take the parchment paper, make a little envelope with it, and sprinkle a little bit in there, and uh, squeeze it with my fingers. Sure. And make it flat, and then you can just cut little pieces off and stick them on your dabber tool, and uh, they'll just they'll dissolve really quick. Uh, Sometimes if you put too much. You know, like take too big of a dab. Sometimes it'll leave a little residue on your on your nail, but that stuff just scrapes right off. But I'm telling you, it tastes really good. Uh, well, guys, let's give let's give the listeners a recipe because we're making their mouth water here. Like, so what? <laughs> you're using four bags, and so basically, let's say what what amount are you starting with? Are you using a how much of a gallon Ziploc bag of fresh leaf material do you have? Um, you could probably go with about a full Ziploc bag full, probably a half pound or more. And how much ice? Um, you want to use a lot of ice. Um, the more ice and water, the better. So don't be shy on the ice. I just try to go to where it's not going to overflow, you know, when you're stirring it. Okay. And then and what how you want to do is your... you want to mix. What I do is I'll put a layer of ice, a layer of material, a layer of ice, and a layer of material. And then I'll pour the water, real cold water, too. You want to use real cold water until it just barely touches the top layer of the ice. You want the water to kind of come up to where you got a good thick consistency, you know? Definitely, getting a good vision and, uh, now. Just use a wooden spoon and just start stirring it and just take a timer and just do it for like 10 minutes, you know, because that first batch will be really good. And how many times, so do you stir it a multiple 10-minute sessions before yeah, you go to the I'll next bag? I, well, no, I'll do it 10 minutes and then I, I take all, I strain all of it out. And then, okay. you know, clean your, clean your bags real good immediately, too. Run them under the sink. So, you know, you got nice, clean bags. 
so your bags don't get jacked up. Yeah, definitely. But, and I take the I'll take the work bag and leave all the material in it, right? And uh-huh. I'll just pull it out and set it into another five gallon bucket while I'm you know cleaning out all the bags and I'm setting them onto the to the little you know the little blanket that you get. Yeah, that's a real good idea. That way you keep working. You know what I mean? There's nothing worse than yeah. spending six or seven hours making water. I shouldn't say. There's a lot of worse things. Than yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do it like ash. that. So I mean, you can come up with your own techniques what works best for you. But that's what I do. And then as soon as I get done taking the hash out, I'll just reload the bags and then I'll pour the water. So you can use the same water a couple times too. Just pour that same water back into your ice and start stirring it. You know, for another ten minutes and do it again, and you'll get a, you'll get about the same amount out. But whenever you start seeing it turn green, you probably just want to back off and just right. throw it out. Sure, you, know? may, you might you, be able you know, to use that for edibles or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you can save it and use it for edibles if you want. You know, or you know, I mean, but I love the wooden spoon, man. It reminds me, like, you know, the wizard with his staff. Do you have like Doctor J engraved up and down your spoon and kind of like? I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna have to come up with something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. hell yeah, man. It's beautiful work. I can tell you that much, man. And I mean, it's consistent with Dr. J because pretty much everything he does is, is tight, tight. I got to say, man, I'm yeah, really man. impressed with him. Yeah, I know there's I a lot of videos it. out there on this, Dr. J, but I'm going to have to try and see if you'll take me up on uh, doing a little video documentating because, I mean, I was so sure. impressed with the end product. We'll have to come on over to your spot there and uh, it'd be great. I haven't done Ice Hash myself in many years and i mean i i don't waste my trimmings but for me again it's just you know it's time thing and i think i'm just starting to make excuses now like i gotta get back after it i've been doing the dry yeah, ice man. for making can of butter and other things but dry ice extraction isn't close to the end product you're coming up with as far as you know flavor and workability and all those good yeah attributes. This, another thing too is uh it works really well are those those washing machines those that you can buy is what i'm probably going to start getting what i'm going to get next Sure, those little um, those mini little, washers. Yeah, yeah, because you know. that that's an even less damaging to the product. You know what I mean? Than the wooden spoon. Um, yeah, that's what, I, I actually that's, talked to one of the best hash makers in the world, and he told me that. So. Yeah, I definitely um, use those, and you know what? Way to Grow does carry them. As crazy as that sounds, man. Yeah, they, go hook yeah. it up. Yeah, they're like yeah, beat clicks sure. or bubbleators, whatever, whatever they call them. But they're these little. I think they're really like what. Chinese people wash their clothes with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, yeah that's, you know, they're straight out of the 200 square foot four person home in Japan. Hey, Doctor J, uh, when we were in uh, in LA, I saw a modified washing machine that held about five of the dude's bubble bags. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, that was pretty amazing. I'll say, man, oh, the man. guy was. Yeah, it just had the discharge pump modified, and it was just pumping out half. It's a regular wash. Yeah, people use the regular washing machines. Yeah, I've heard of that, too. Yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. But, uh, yeah, those those bubbleators are pretty cool. You are right, man. What yeah, can they tell us? No. Just, go ahead, Scotty. Jump. I was going to say, man, the one thing I was really impressed with is, is that Dr. J sends his uh, final products out for analysis. So he finds out exactly oh. what's in them. He finds out whether there's any... Uh, uh, sol- you know, I, I guess he wouldn't have any solvents in it unless he would. Well, tell, tell well, us I about did the, I did the Rick Simpson oil, kind of his version of the oil for cancer patients. Sure. Um, and tell us, what, what is Rick Simpson oil specifically? Well, it's just like old hippie oil, basically, you know. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways to make it. Uh, he says to use naphtha, uh, which is a pretty strong 
paint solvent, and people use uh, isopropyl alcohol or Everclear. Sure, sure. Um, and people also distill it. Um, there's a lot of information on the internet actually about you know all that stuff. But um, I did it with the NAFTA. I had it sent out. It came back at like 59% THC and no residual solvents. I was pretty oh, lucky. That's awesome uh, to not see any residual solvents. Yeah, sure. and you know I had the paperwork and everything, and I was like, you know, this is great, you know, because I spent a lot of time breaking it down and everything, and uh, did what I was supposed to do, and it was like, it was like 650 milligrams per gram of, you know, THC, you know, really Jesus. strong stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's no joke. So I did it again because I had another cancer patient that needed some, and uh, I had it tested, and it came back with about a thousand parts per million of NAFTA, and that bothered me. And they said, I asked them what the acceptable levels were, and they said it was zero uh, Shit. parts per million because it has benzene and a couple other agents that are cancer-causing agents in it, and that freaked me out. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. So I was like, you know, you. I know he's been healing people's cancer with his stuff, but uh, I just don't want to use it. So I've been using Everclear. And I'll just soak it in a five-gallon bucket, about a pound, and I put a pound of, of trim or weed in a five-gallon bucket with a gallon of Everclear. Right. And stir it up for about six minutes or seven minutes or so. Then I cook it down in an adjustable Presto cooker. Sure. Um. You can buy at about 200 degrees. You don't really want to go higher than that. It boils really rapidly, and it also it decarboxylates it at 200 degrees. So okay. that'll make it active. That makes the material active when you do that. Got it. Got it. And if you if you go above 300, and I forget what it is, about 300 degrees, you don't want to go near that because that's when it starts burning off the THC. Sure, um, sure. That's when my vaporizer runs. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I have to run those hot, so, man. Yeah. So you'll start. You know, just cook it down and it'll get an oily consistency. And once it, you know, get it, turn it down low until it stops boiling, you know, stops right. bubbling. Right. And once it stops bubbling, you want to put it on a real warm temperature for, you know, like a day. And that way, you know, you got all the Everclear out of it. And then I get syringes from Walgreens, like the free, you can go through the drive-thru and get the, you know, the uh, oral syringes. And they'll give them to you for free. Or you can go to Way to Grow. <laughs> Way to Grow actually has them for sale, too. So. Um, fresh out of last time I, I just <laughs> bought a real big one last time and just sucked all of it up in it for the patient and gave it to her. So. Got it. What's Got the it. main, um, you know, I don't want to full-on get into the, the process because I know it's kind of involved, but I'm, I was trying to remember as far as, I don't want to say the disadvantage, but it takes quite a bit of time and material to get a really good Rick Simpson oil, no? Um. Well, you know, you can make it with anything. You can, I make it with trim. Um, you know, I mean, all that stuff that I got 59% out of was all Buddha sister trim. Oh, great. And it was like, it was 5.6 CBD. Great. Um, you know, but the thing is, you know, I mean, I've seen people, I've seen Rick Simpson and them claim that it has to be 98% THC. That's really, really hard to pull off, and that's not true. I mean, THC is THC, and people are curing themselves with it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's a guy, there's a guy on the internet that's in jail right now, but he's cured people with making it with, uh, you know, trim. He he said he's he's he said he's cured people with Mexican brickweed. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, Simpson oil with Mexican brickweed. It's just a, it's just getting the oil out, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's an extraction. So what you know, what yeah. You, 
the concentration of what you start with isn't nearly as important as the concentration. I mean, you yeah, it's better, obviously, to have good stuff. I mean, it's better to throw a pound of butt in the, in the bucket, I guess. Or, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, unless you have a really good amount of, you know, good sugar leaf, it's the same. Sure, sure. <clears throat> Hell yeah. No, uh, have you ever, um, so, being that, you know, I, to my knowledge, Dr. J is a pretty healthy individual, um, I'm curious about, I've never had the chance to, you know, indulge in recreationally in Rick Simpson oil. Yeah. Is it just, you know, something that you shouldn't even go there with due to it's really no. strong, obviously? Um, well, I use it. I had trouble sleeping for the longest time, and I use a very small amount at night. Just, you do a, if you do a maintenance dose, it puts the cannabinoids into your system that your body needs to maintain. Yeah. So, like, I just take a little bit. I get capsules, and I use the syringe, and I warm it up under the sink. If it's hard to get out, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. And just put a drop. Like, you know, in there. Or maybe I, I go a little bit more. I like a, a, a size, size of a rice grain, you know? Yeah. Sure. Just squeeze out about that much into a capsule and take it. Now, I tell you, I have taken too much before one night, or a couple of nights, actually, and had a serious <laughs> panic, serious panic attack. Like, looking out the windows at my greenhouse in the backyard, freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> heart, yeah my heart was racing, you know? I mean, I mean, you can seriously get really fucked up on on you know marijuana yeah people don't get and it man. especially you if you're if you're hypersensitive to it you know i mean some people like my cousin he can take a whole capsule of that shit and just party on all night long and i had nothing you know it don't even phase him you know where it would just comatize somebody else you know i mean there's everybody's doses are different with that shit and you got to be careful because damn straight i learned that over the years because my wife has friends that i've given it to and they've given it back Right, because, you know, they're like, I can't take that shit, you know, and I was the one that dosed it for them, you know, at the beginning, so. Yeah, they're like, we're not friends anymore. I just, I just put too much, yeah, put too much in the capsule, and they were like, oh, my God, you know. Hell yeah, man. But, you know, it can be very beneficial for you. My wife, you know, she used to have migraines where she'd be uh, shacked up in the room for a week at a time in the dark, and uh, she takes maintenance doses of it, and she hasn't had one for over a year now. Awesome. Yeah, um, that is you know, awesome, bro. It is I mean, such if you good just medicine. start researching that stuff on the Internet, and you can find out a lot of information. PhoenixTears.ca uh, is a good website for all that. If there's anybody out there that knows anybody with cancer or anything. Uh, oh, I love it. I'm going to have to yeah, come learn should, that process. They should really go with that route before they do, you know, chemotherapy. Or at least look into it, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> get, get Cover all your options, man. Doctor J for everybody too, but you know just normally. So, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, yeah. this is, this has been good. This has been real good, man. I appreciate you sharing what you know, man. Yeah, right on, man. It was Very awesome cool. to be on the show. So yeah, definitely, right, so, guys. We'll try and follow up with some videos, of course, too. I'm I'm excited yeah. to do some bubble yeah, we'll action. Definitely, and check for out sure. Doctor J's got that YouTube channel going on. Yeah. MJ yeah, Organics MJ. 303. Yeah, MJ Organics 303. Check it out. Hit it up, man. Cool. Right, I appreciate well, you. Thanks, man. Be in touch, doctor. Yeah, you know, I, I just had a bumper crop. And, and uh, you know, what was it, about a month ago? Got the AC from Todd. Temperature needs. So installed an AC, got control of my humidity, and uh, just been seeing uh, the, the garden respond since, geez, as of a couple, maybe last week. And that garden is running sharp. Call Todd, 720-312-1015. Summer is coming, and he can help you out. 
you go get that good shit? You know, that shit that your brother gave you? That good shit. Yeah, that's the shit. Recharge is my shotgun blast of organic goodness that takes the guesswork out of growing great herb. What makes Recharge unlike any other product in the store is my soil biology. Each gram of Recharge has over 400 million CFU of living soil bacteria that act like billions of tiny little stomachs, voraciously eating and delivering nutrients to the plant, all nicely wrapped up in this delicious organic package. The results are serious dank flavor and crazy strong and vigorous plants. And if you don't believe me, just ask Courtney. Doing this talk with this brother, yeah, is just highlighting the good essence of Recharge. Now that's what I'm saying. So go on over to realgrowers.com and check out Recharge. You'll be glad you did. All right, guys, we are back again. Heading into a little bit of uh, the dude's ignorant area here. We got uh, a gentleman on the line for an interview that is pretty familiar with, you know, I'd say... Man, butane extraction as well as uh, man, just more the science. I don't, I don't know about. And Scotty, I'm gonna have if you're still there, Scotty. Yeah, absolutely, man. All absolutely. right, I'm, I'm gonna. I heard, I heard your uh, security dog in the background, and I only bring it up because he is, he is good. Sorry. Yeah, he took little, care, man. I was a little stoned up thinking of your little dog, Henry. Anyway, <laughs> why don't you take it away here with, with Max, Scotty? I want to listen in a little bit, learn about the butane extraction uh as well as uh some of the things you had mentioned with we were talking thca uh decarboxylation that big word man damn De- straight man damn straight <laughs> decarboxylation hell yeah so, What's i'm up, all right man? i'm just gonna shut it right there i'm gonna back <laughs> off the mic a little and let yeah go with it scotty 
Hells yes, Max. Yeah, you know what, man? I appreciate the hell out of you. Max is a trained chemist, okay? This is uh, definitely someone dropping science. There ain't no bullshit awesome. here. There, there ain't no voodoo. So, Thanks, uh, Yeah, definitely, man. Well, you've earned that. Uh, Max is a guy that actually makes my extractions for me. And, uh, I mean, I'll bring him vanilla Kush trim, and you can taste the vanilla. You know, it tastes like van- – tastes exact. People know exactly what it is when it comes out. And it takes some real talent to do that. And, uh, you know, he's a real professional, so I wanted to get him j- just the same way some of the best water hash that I'd ever had came from uh, uh, Dr. J. Uh, some of the best and cleanest extracts that I've ever gotten, solvent extracts, have, have, have uh, come from Max. So, uh, you know, I, I guess first off, you know, what, what do you use? You're using a, a, an off-the-line system, is that right? Yeah, well, I'm using uh, an Apex extractor, which is a uh, uh, stainless steel closed system extractor, you can run uh, various different solvents through it. It's mainly designed for butane and propane, and I mostly run propane through it. Yeah, I was surprised. When when I I saw your setup, it was run with propane, which I'd never heard before. Uh, Yeah. Without getting too... Yeah, you can get get pure propane just as clean as you can get pure butane, um, and they both work well as solvents. There's some differences, like propane has a much lower boiling point. So it's much more volatile, and you're working with much higher pressures. I prefer it because it works much faster, and uh, it purges much easier out of the extract. And also, propane is much less toxic than butane. Butane actually has a lot of toxic effects in the body, and propane does not. Wow. Now, in the end, I'm always curious, and I'm looking at Apex, A-P-E-K-S, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, an Apex extractor here on YouTube, which looks, you know, rather, I mean, just a ton of stainless steel and tubing and a control panel that looks all pretty cool. But in the end, I'm always, and this is my own ignorance, but concerned about what's left over. Now, most people, you know, do you test for what's left over? Is there extra butane or is there extra protein or is there anything that's negative in there for your, your health or is that debatable? Yeah, well, they're, they're absolutely absolutely can be leftover solvent, residual solvent, as they say. Um, mm-hmm. This is much more likely to happen with butane because butane boils at about the freezing point of water, like 32 degrees, I can't remember the exact number, sure. around there. And so <clears throat> because propane boils at such a lower temperature, negative 50 degrees approximately, um, it's a lot easier to drive it off. It much Propane it very easily just wants to turn into a gas and fly away, whereas butane can linger around as a liquid dissolved into other liquids or solids. Um, and so with butane extracts, you absolutely need to make sure you're purging it very well. Um, and usually you can only really get complete purging with a vacuum and heat. You need both. Um, because it, with just a vacuum, the butane can still get trapped inside the mass of extract. And with just heat, you're really not pulling on it enough. The butane isn't for being driven out uh, enough. So you, you'll continue to have residual amounts until you use both heat and vacuum. Does one Is one better than the other for like end flavor or trying to get you know the actual attributes from what you that's started a, working with? That's a, you mean propane versus butane for flavor? Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, there is some subtle differences there, but they're very subtle. Um, from what I've seen and experienced, CO2 oil, you don't tend to get a lot of flavor and strain specificity of the plant. But with propane and butane, you do get a lot of that strain specificness. So the flavor of the plant that you load into the extractor is the flavor that you get out in the extract. 
Um, I have noticed some differences with propane to butane, but it's hard to say what those differences are. It's very subtle. Um, you have I to be a true connoisseur pro- that can like really taste those vanilla tones, yeah, right, Scotty? It, exactly. <laughs> I taste the skin of yeah, white right. grapes. Yes. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Well, yeah, that, I mean, it certainly works, man. I mean, and, and I mean, there's a couple things that are going on now. The guys are talking about really getting some yields now, man. So extractions, I really think, are the future. And, and you know, finding a talented, I mean, it really does take a, a, a chemist, someone trained to do this kind of stuff, man. It's definitely not for uh, not for the amateur, I'll say. Well, it's a hell, of, hell of a commitment, man. Let me ask Max this. I mean, what, what do you think? I saw this Apex machine, and definitely it's involved. I'm sure it's not too, you know inexpensive either and then you have guys that are you know doing whatever in their garage with different tubes or contractions contractions <laughs> contraptions and, and won't and stuff yeah anyway can you get a product you know the, the product your end product max versus somebody's end product that is using these other devices um like i said the tubes and things that you can buy on the small scale i mean are they going to be completely different there's definitely going to be more residual solvents and even if the guy's really experienced, but he's not using, you know, a, a big expensive machine like that Apex, if you're following me. Yeah, I think so. Um, you can get excellent results with really small equipment. I mean, the way people do with just a tube and cans, I wouldn't really condone that approach because it's dangerous. You're just releasing tons of explosive gas into the air around you. Sure. So that's really not a good idea safety-wise. But you can produce really amazing extracts that way and really... Small closed system extractors can also produce amazing results. It really comes down to the technique that you use to use the extractor because there's a lot of settings on there, um, and it mostly has to do with pressure and temperature um, and where the pressure is at different times, what the temperature is at different times. Um, so it, it, some of that stuff is pro- proprietary that companies, the extraction companies work out. Some of that information you can just find on the Internet. Um, it's complicated depending on how you look at it. And by changing so, the pressure and temperatures, do you get? Is that how they make shatter and and liquid, you know, liquids and stuff like that? Is is that how it works? Or well, there's some different variables going on there. Um, and to be honest, I'm not 100% clear on all of them and exactly how they all affect the final product. Um, I know that shatter and shatter versus wax can be produced. Um, there's kind of there's two factors in play though. There's the way that it gets purged. Um, so purging in one way, particularly at high temperatures, I've noticed will produce like a wacky, waxier substance, whereas lower temperature purging over long time produces more of a shatter-like substance. Um, and then there's also something to do with temperature that affects shatter versus wax. There's a lot of um, just recently at the Cannabis Cup on 420 in Denver, a lot of people were talking about D waxing their extracts uh and that has to do with de-waxing removing the waxes because there's some components to extracts that are waxy substances kind of like candle wax which are not thc or cbd or any other cannabinoid and so they can definitely be removed without losing anything good from the overall product so a lot of people are doing this now with their extractions uh, and that's a little more complicated of a process. It has to do with dissolving it into a liquid and then freezing it. And then at that lower temperature, you get some of those waxes separate out. Oh, wow. You can, I, I think that's – it's called winterizing. A lot of people are talking about that now. You can find it on the Internet. 
Winterizing. Hey, Winterize your wax, man. All right. So let me let me let me ask this. Let's get debatable. So so what is your motivation to uh, change what Mother Nature has already perfected? Now I'm kind of playing like the dick there, but it's like I don't know. Did you have a reason? I mean, what's your? I mean, obviously you know chemist and everything, and I'm a you know cannabis mm-hmm. user. Do you I, do you use your own product? Do you prefer yeah. in the end flowers better? You like it all, or you know what's well, exciting? Well, I about used it? to. Yeah, it's a good question. I used to only smoke flour, and I didn't like the whole dabbing thing because the times that I had tried it, it didn't taste very good, and it was extremely harsh to me, and I coughed my lungs out, and it was terrible. Um, and then you had a then panic after attack. Moving, uh, <laughs> well, my tolerance, I think, was high enough that that wasn't really a problem. Right uh, it was just the it was just the initial experience I didn't really like. But then actually moving to Colorado, I was able to taste some really good stuff out here because I'm from Chicago. And, uh, I got into the scene, learned more about it. And I, after doing it a little more, I started to enjoy the fact that there was much less smoke, if, if not, if any smoke. Um, and so I noticed immediately after just a couple of days that there was less of a smoky feeling in my lungs and throat. Yeah. So healthier. So it was more like vaporizing. Yeah. It felt healthier. So that was one reason that I kind of switched over to it. Um, and then just the fact that I was in the business making extracts, it, I kind of felt obligated to, uh, you know, taste my products and make sure that I'm making good stuff, things like that. So now I actually don't smoke flour at all just because I've grown to like the the concentrates. Oh, man. You're missing it's out. Easy. It's it makes- easy to get, to get away from it, man. You know what I mean? You get some delicious, you know, wax you can just put on a pen and, and, and hit. It's so convenient, man. Yeah, and, yeah, and it I is agree. clean. It is clean. I just see some guys' tolerance levels levels are so damn high. It's like, okay, like you can't even enjoy that's flour true. anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I when I smoke flour, I definitely enjoy the flavor, and there is somewhat of a different of effect that I can feel. It's um, calmer and more relaxing. Sometimes I smoke just because it's more relaxing, and dabbing just stimulates me too much. Um, but yeah, in general, you're right. It's my tolerance is much higher now, and uh, smoking doesn't do a whole lot like it used to. I tell right. you, if I had my own machine and I had my own uh, product pouring out the end of it, I'd definitely be more tempted. You know, I'd probably have a, <laughs> I'd probably have a set of vapor pens here, right? You know, loaded and locked. So sure, yeah. But heck yeah, man! Heck that's yeah. awesome information. Hey, speaking of awesome information, end the mystery. What the hell is? A, first of all, THCA, and then second of all, what is decarboxylization of THCA? Okay. Uh, THCA, which, they, which is short for THC acid or tetrahydrocannabinol acid, the acid part is um, it's a carboxylic acid. Carboxylic acids are found throughout nature. Vinegar is a carboxylic acid. All the fatty acids like omega-3s, those are... Acid, those are carboxylic acids. And also, <clears throat> carbon dioxide can become an acid when it dissolves into liquids like water. So, if you take distilled water, you would normally think that that has a pH of 7, completely neutral because it's just pure water. Sure. But it, and, and that's true, but as soon as you leave it out in the atmosphere for more than a few hours, it starts to absorb carbon dioxide, and then carbon dioxide turns into carbonic acid, which is just a form of carbon dioxide that becomes acidic when it's dissolved into a solution and that those carbon dioxide molecules create enough acidity to lower the pH of the water. Um, so, and, and that's a carboxylic acid. THCA okay. Scott, you got all is basically... 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was just a little background on, no, on it's carboxylic cool. it's cool. acid, which is the type of acid we're talking about. So okay. the carboxylic acid is the same type of acid that carbon dioxide makes, carbonic acid, but it's attached to, it's bonded to the THC molecule. And that's how the plant produces it. It produces it like that. Uh, and then when the THC molecule goes out into the world and gets hit by some sunlight or some oxygen or something like that, that or just heat, the um, carboxylic acid part, which is carbonic acid, it's just one carbon and two oxygens and one hydrogen. Okay. And that little group of a molecule breaks off THC and turns into carbon dioxide gas and floats away, and then THC has THCA has been converted to THC. Hold on, I gotta insert so, that clip. Um, dropping science like Galileo's dropping an orange. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. I was just saying. So what's up with though? I didn't know if you touched on the way it affects the body, but they're basically the same. Max, I had an edible wrapper. Where did it go? Those are easy to lose after you uh, consume the edible. <laughs> but it, it mentioned that you, if you're daring, you heat it up, and I guess that's because you're activating everything correct here it is let me tell you exactly i think you're baking it off you're baking so it this, off this edible has it labels itself thca 400 to 600 milligrams and thc 200 milligrams and then it says for daring consumers you put it in the oven at 210 for up to three hours so i guess sure. it's activating i mean there's already active stuff in here but doing that activates it's more more does that right. yeah what you're going to do is Yep, you're going to decarboxylate those THC molecules because under heat, that carbonic acid group that's attached doesn't want to stay attached. So it flies off, turns into carbon, carbon dioxide gas, and then you've just got pure THC left over, and, which is psychoactive. And THCA supposedly is not very much. Well, I, I can. I wonder how he's getting so much THCA in his product. That's weird. Well, this guy is. Well, that's being... the natural way that cannabis produces THC is in the form of THCA and then it just naturally degrades when it gets exposed to air and heat. Scott, you going to split this fruit roll up with me after I bake it for three hours? Hell, yes I am. <laughs> yes. Uh, you weren't in on that. Just before we got a hold of you, Max, we were talking about how this, this is very edible. I didn't bake it at all and it, uh, I ate one of them and it put me on the couch for like three hours yesterday. <laughs> And then, so I'm like, all right, I guess I'm not a daring consumer. I didn't even bake it, man. <laughs> Hell so, yeah. We'll, we'll have to split it three ways, y'all. Let's do the next show after baking the edible. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Max, thank you so much for taking the time out and uh, and dropping a little science for us, man. Yeah, of yeah, course, man. I'm happy good. to do it. Awesome, brother. Well, we'll talk to you soon, man. Word. Yeah, hope all to right, run thanks, into guys. you. I want to catch up on some of that uh, that oil. So I always enjoy Scotty's sure, pen. <laughs> Max, all right, anytime. It. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Later, Later dude. Bye-bye. All right, Scotty. Not too bad. Enjoy talking with Max there. Um, yeah, what are you thinking, man? I think we should uh, take another break here. We still got Grow Talk. We can't skip Grow Talk, right? Hell no, we ain't skipping Grow Talk, man. Give the people what they want, man. Let's give them a nice long show today. Uh, yeah, we'll set, we'll set the record today. You're right. So two interviews, and we got Grow Talk coming up, guys. Um, man, and uh, yeah, I'm just I gotta I had to think about all that uh, acid this and decarb. Uh, you know what, man? That's why it's cool to get it on a podcast. A guy, hell yeah, you know, I can read this. Yeah, if he's gonna tell me that while I'm you know smoking a dude with him, I'm gonna be like, yeah, yeah. But I'll go back and listen to that a couple times, and you know, that's the cool thing, man. Is is once you know this stuff, you know it. You know what I mean? And you got that science in your brain, man. It's useful. 
you know, it's really useful. Full on. Don't forget, if you guys are liking all the, the concentrate talk and it's getting you motivated to try something new, don't forget, show a little love. Right on DudeGrows.com, right on my homepage, you'll see those all-mesh bubble bags. It'll give you options, you know, dry ice, bubble ice. And I'm going to keep my word uh, in the other interview here with Dr. J. We're going to get we're gonna get that shit on film and make a really good uh, another one to put out. I know there's some out there, but we're going to have the new 2014 updated bubble ice extraction with all-mesh bubble bags mega video. What do you think of that, Scotty? Love it, man. <laughs> Love it. Mega video. Yeah. All right, guys. We're going to come back in a minute. We have grower questions. Looks like at least six of them here. We're going to set the record for the longest dude grows show ever. And uh, as long as Scotty can hang in there, I don't know, watch your pen usage, okay? <laughs> All right. I'm putting it away. All right. Work, guys. We'll be right back. Right. You about to smoke some weed up in here. Hey guys, remember that there's plenty more great grow knowledge over at DudeGrows.com. So go check out all of our news, videos, and latest articles about growing great weed without all the bullshit. And remember, it's donations from listeners like you that keep the real deal marijuana grow knowledge coming at ya. So visit DudeGrows.com and be the DGC. Man, it's summertime in my grow, man. It's it's 85 degrees, and I actually called up Todd. Temperature needs. Yeah, full-on cool guy. Knows what do they call mission-critical air conditioning, meaning grow air conditioners. And uh, he's got me hooked up with, a, I think I'm getting a three-ton unit. Really excited, and I mean, the price is thousands less than the next guy. So Call Todd, 720-312-1015. Summer is coming, and he can help you out. Hey guys, man, those were heavy hitting interviews. What do you think, Scotty? Yeah, that was legit, man. Those are the uh, 
some of the smartest guys I know is on the subject, that's for sure. Or I should say yeah. some of the most successful guys I know. Thanks again, Dr. J and Max. But now it's time for the extra hot and heavy grow talk, since the interviews were hot and heavy. I'll oh, yeah. get more creative. Some more some more adjectives here soon. But, man, this show is rolling on long. I'm loving it. So let's just bump right into the grower questions, if you're Hell ready, yeah, Scotty. Man. If we're working long, that means you guys spend some extra time in the room trimming. Whatever you got to do, man, keep us on in the grow room. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. You got to spend the amount of time of the length of the show today in your room doing something. And like I always say, if you think you don't have anything to do in your gardens, guys, just go stand in there, burn a J or something, stand in there for 10 minutes and look around. You'll find hell something. Hell yeah. You <laughs> might see something crawling around. That's what the hell happened to me, man. Oh, all right. Question number one, grower questions off Dude Grow's YouTube channel, as well as uh, 420 Grow Lab. Scotty, you got the questions comment tab there that we pull some things off of. Send them in, good. guys. But question number one here, if you have a chance to squeeze in a few tips on growing with the CFL and small grow rooms, example, closet, boxes, cabinets, etc., um, what are the best practices? Man, he's using your words, Scotty, best practices. Hell and yeah. Soil. Spoken like a true professional, man. Um, soil hydro DWC, I would appreciate it. Uh, I would, you know, let's start off with the lighting. What's your pick? You know, lighting in, let's say the space is smaller than, it's about a three by three, you know, or smaller. This in the height could be whatever, but, you know, we're talking small. We obviously got to stick with fluorescence at least, right? You know, yeah, I think the most bang for the buck is trying to find some of those T5 fluorescents. And if there's no home, uh, if there's no uh, grow store near you, I mean, grow stores have a ton of different configurations, double twos, there's, you know, two two-foot bulbs, two four-foot bulbs, uh, eight four-foot bulbs. So, I mean, you can get a lot. If you have a four-foot closet and you put an eight-bar fluorescent, T5 fluorescent in there, you can be legit. And, and you can also take those and put them vertically you know, you can put them uh, above the plants. You can put them vertically on the sides. You can yeah. You could buy a single, and, just the single two foot fixtures. I think you could even get those from the depot. And like you said, yeah, just mount them right on the uh, the side of the wall. There it would work great. And then as well as uh, you know, this is a, this is one area that I am happily able to recommend LED lighting because LED lighting creates very minimal heat. Um, and works good in small spaces and cabinets. And if you can combine, you know, some of the fluorescent uh, 6500 Kelvin or Veg Spectrum with that all like an all red or most of those LEDs are like a reddish or they got the different universal spectrum, which is like some whites and purples. But uh, regardless, even Sunlight Supply now combines LED and uh, fluorescent lighting in one fixture, and I'm all about that. I actually grew like that once and got pretty good results. Uh, and now, what are you saying about Kelvin? You'll see on the side of any bulb, even a Home Depot bulb, it'll, it'll tell you the, the type of light it puts out, and it'll usually have, uh, you know, say 65K or 6500, what does it say, 6500K or something? Yeah. 6500K. Yep. Yeah, and you'll find that those are different. It's basically the color rating, the brightness rating, right? I believe so. I mean, our different color of the light. I mean, I could tell you, generally speaking, you know, 6,500K around up that range is veg, 3,000K bloom. I mean, that's being very generic with it. But, um, you know, if you're if all, like Scotty says, all you have is the depot or whatever, go hook it up there. You can get those, uh, you know, little spirally shaped compact fluorescents and octopus them, like you have said before, where you buy that. You could. I've seen some crazy shit, man. Where you, you know, there's like a bulb splitter, 
Sure. I've seen like you guys will screw the bulb splitters into bulb splitters into call bulb a, splitters. <laughs> call a fire department, man. Yeah, you got to be careful with that shit for sure. But um, man, I think I'd recommend instead of that because those bulbs you're only getting the thing about compact fluorescence or fluorescent in general, you get an okay spectrum to grow under for about two inches for real. You, it can only keep that intensity for a couple inches. So you literally have to keep those bulbs literally within two inches of your of your flowering sites, which makes it tough. Yeah, That's, and keep your plants pruned up. Yeah, exactly. So you got to do a, a screen of green where you've got all these plants kind of just as close to the light as you can get. So what I really prefer is a... Uh, a long tube fluorescent. Think about the surface area. If you got to keep everything, you know, I don't say with a T5 fluorescent, you can go a little bit further than two inches. But if you have to keep everything a few inches away, well, if you have a 48-inch T5 bulb, that means you've got 48 inches to put things two inches away from. You know, I mean, you've got a whole long area to line up your plants. You know, you can get some planter boxes or something like that and just line them up. Yep, and keep only the top, top, top flowers. Yeah, trim everything off except those top tops, man, because they're the only things that are going to yield from you. Everything else is just going to rob energy from those tops. But and he he did ask about, um, you know, we don't want to go in too much, but the best, you know, he said soil, hydro, DWC. For me, man, if you're in a small space, sometimes there could be heat issues. It's whatever you're comfortable with. I've seen some pretty cool little trays, hydroponics with net pots. I would be growing myself and a soilless mix, a peat cocoa mix, maybe a straight cocoa, um, just because typically it's a tight space, and that keeps it, you know, keep it simple, stupid, that's what I'll say. Look, I'm going to assume something here, and this is probably the classic situation of when you assume something, you make an ass out of you and me, so get ready, man. But <laughs> if the guy's growing in a closet, maybe he's a, a novice grower, that's the assumption, is he might not be super serious about growing, or he might not be super experienced. I could be completely wrong, but if you're a new grower... Then and you're kind of just doing this for fun, seeing what happens, use the most forgiving medium you can. And the most forgiving medium that you can find out there is cocoa core. Cocoa core can dry to where, you know, it's 10% moisture, where, where it's literally, it's just completely dried out. And the plants will still look okay because they're, they're holding a little bit of uh, moisture in between the, uh, you know, whatever. It's just holding a little bit of moisture in there. And... You'll you'll be able to rewet that and be able to get your plants to uh, to, to look good again. Hey, but yeah, but you're taking off the guy like in New York that realized he's spending almost a thousand dollars a month on herb or something crazy. You know, let's say he buys a couple ounces a month. Sure. For him and his buddies, and then he looks at his closet and he's like, man, you know, like the ultimate closet. I actually would love to do that. You know, take the challenge of a guy that's like, look, man, I'm gonna throw five thousand dollars at a three by three space. All right. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah, man. Like some ultimate shit in a little spot. Pulling some serious goodness out of there, man. You put your Phillips 315 in there, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, I'm but hoping, my, my point is that, soon. I guess my long-winded point is that Coco's really forgiving. So if you go away for the weekend, you come back, and you're like, holy crap, my, my plants are completely dry. They're almost wilting, or they're starting to wilt. With Coco, all you got to do is grab some water or some nutrient water, and uh, just re-wet the plants. When it comes to peat, it becomes really difficult to try to get that stuff wet again. Yes, it does. It does. That water just sits on top a little bit, man. I, I experience it. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to switch to full cocoa here soon. We'll see. At least I'll do it because then I could say I'm outgrowing you because you use full cocoa, and I'll just use the same stuff and do better, Scotty. Hell yeah, <laughs> man. Give it, give it a shot, Mr. 600. 
All right, next question, man. This guy's got a, I don't know, like almost a 4 by 4 tent here, about 7 foot tall. He's running 1,000 watt in it. It's a little hot in there. I'd probably want a 5 by 5 tent at least, but he's got a 1,000 watt HPS in there. He's cooling that 1,000 watt with just a generic 4-inch fan filter combo, you know, the one that you can just set on the floor, the carbon filter's on the floor. It's pulling the tent air through that carbon filter, pushing through the hood, and uh, going out. And he says he keeps it in the garage, just grows in the garage. And in the summer, he's concerned about gaining up to like 15 degrees with the lights on. So he wants to splice from his house AC into a 6-inch duct straight into the tent. And, I mean, I have problems with this. I think if, if in a, you know, a money-saving situation, if this is your only option, sure, do this. See what it will do for you. But, obviously, your house AC isn't running on the same temp stat as your garden, you know. I think it's going to help offset things, but it's not really, you know, a great way to do it considering the time your lights are on. Hopefully, if you're flowering in there, your lights are only running at night. Typically, your AC isn't running as much at night. Well, I guess I should say depending on where you're at. I'm so used to being in Colorado. Hang on. I, I like this idea, man. I think this guy's going to get some real benefit out of it. The only, you know, the only hack he has to do is to uh, keep his AC fan motor on all the time. So it's, it's it, it, whether it's pumping conditioned air with a compressor on, or just circulating the you know seventy eight, yeah, the house air that's gets kept at a you know amp, what seventy eight and eighty degree temperature. Well, as soon as the lights make it a little bit more, you know, as soon as the uh, hot air in the uh, grow tent is pushed out, it's going to make the ambient room temperature a little bit hotter. It's going to click on the the uh, compressor to come on. It's going to click on the thermostat. So. He's kind of beating, you know, he's doing a good job there. I, I like his idea. Yeah, no, well, it's a lot of people in this situation are like, you know, I love, you know, dude's recommendation is to go out and, you know, climate control your tent, get some AC. Significant investment there for one little tent, you know. Cheapest AC out there, portable AC is like $500 from Hydro Farm. So I would say, yeah, obviously go for it and see what is going to happen with it. I hope you're definitely exhausting the air from that tent completely out of the garage otherwise you're just not helping yourself at all so you do got to make sure that 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 hot air from that thousand watts going out of the the, the house altogether is your goal there sure uh, and heat rises and maybe if you want to up that uh you know that generic four inch i mean a four inch fan though isn't that bad for just one one thousand right i don't think you would need to go to a six inch yeah i mean he's almost doing the same if he's ex- evacuating air out of that uh out of, out of his his grow tent, then he's pulling air in by default. He's pulling air in. Yeah, definitely. So he's pulling the ambient air in. So I, I guess it would. I'd say it would make a little bit of a difference having a six inch duct in there. He's just also got to make sure you can't just. It's not an unlimited number of taps on an air conditioner. Those systems are balanced. You know, yeah. what I mean, with airflow and everything like that. So might be taken go, away from his bedroom or something. Yeah, if you go chopping a six-inch duct there, it's definitely going to affect the uh, rest of your system. So be careful with that. Word, word. But not right. a bad, not a bad idea at all. No, it's one of those things you just got to start rigging. You know, it, you're not sure how well it's going to work. Try it out, man, for sure. Sure, and you could take your existing six-inch duct that's coming from your your bedroom and just reroute that directly. Route that, you know, take the vent off, and uh, just route that six-inch duct directly into your uh, yeah. Maybe he has box. a room in the house that he, he you know he doesn't care about AC in. There mm-hmm. you go. Block yeah, that vent bedroom. off. Try and reroute it. And if you're you know 
a renter, then uh, be careful with things you're doing, of course. But uh, that actually takes me into the next uh, next question comment, actually, Scotty. Uh, yeah. Talked about it before. Um, had a friend I used to work with give me a holler, and he's renting a house. He's been there for about three years. I don't know. I think he has like eight lights hanging up. Decent grow in his garage. And um, basically, the landlord gave 24-hour notice that they want to inspect the house as well as take pictures here and there. And uh, he's like, dude, what do I do, you know? And, you know, here in Colorado, it's much different. This is this is a – here in Colorado is my first recommendation, man. If you, he's, a, he's a medical grower. His plant count is correct. Um, I'm saying worst-case scenario, man, if your landlord is a complete asshole, let's say you have an enforcement division agent there the next day, right? If everything's all in good order, you have no worries. I always tell people, and this is important, man, you got to be straight up with your landlords. It can be a huge headache. Obviously, you know, back in the day, I shouldn't even say that, probably even now, guys will rent houses, right, and turn the whole house into a grow and ruin it for us other growers that are being respectable. Um, but, yeah, if you're on the up and up, guys, let your landlord know what's going on. Let them know you're an experienced grower. You're not going to damage their house. You have proper paperwork. Here in Colorado, you don't even need paperwork if you're over 21, which is awesome. But yeah, um, From a homeowner's perspective, it's not cool to rent a house out to somebody that you know, pretends to be a happy little couple and then guts out your basement and every other room making grow rooms out of it, putting you know accessory air conditioners, jacking the power. That shit happens down in yeah, a lot exactly. of places, and it ain't cool. Leaves the <laughs> landlord a big mess to clean up. When I told this grower, I mean, the, the landlord has, they don't even live in state. They have a property management company coming in Ugh. to uh, do the inspection. I said, Those well, that how are you? That, 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 by the way, that's just, uh, if you guys are looking to rent a house in Colorado, rent with a direct landlord. Do not rent with a property management company. Yeah, if you can do that. And I told him I would I would deny myself the property management agent access to my garden space and say, look, you're going to have to get in touch with the owner of this property and tell them that if, you know, this is what's going on, it's a private garden or don't even, you don't even have to say that. But I mean, you know, you don't, you don't want anybody, of course, just knowing <laughs> where you're gardening at, of course. Um, but overall, I mean, I told them, you know, don't be too stressed out, dude. Honesty, especially here is the best way to do it. I mean, if you're in another state that's not friendly at all, obviously you got to be on the down low. Um, you know, and same thing goes, just figure out a place that if you're going to need inspection that you're, you know, your grow is built to be taken down if you need to, and your plants can go, you know, in the back of your minivan for a day or something, but you got to be ready for that shit. And you got to consider that being a renter guys for sure. Yep. Find a straight up landlord. It's going to take you months possibly to find the right landlord to grow with if you don't own a house, but that's part of the work, man. Especially here in Colorado, man, it's hard to find a house to rent now with like a full basement. We don't have a, you know, a, a ton of basements here. At least I noticed that when I was first looking at houses in Fort Collins. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously a full unfinished basement is ideal for a grower. And when those houses go up for rent here, they're like, bam. Usually it's a grower renting them. It's hilarious. I know some houses that have had that have an unfinished basement that have been grow rooms for over a decade and that's just because it's that's how it rolls man damn straight anyway all right be honest renters that's the best policy for me um next you'll, question you'll find, you'll find a cool landlord that maybe wants to charge you a couple hundred extra dollars to, to just not ask any questions you know what i mean you'll find some out-of-state guy that just goes just doesn't want to be bothered and it's just part of the search man you got to look for somebody you're going to be able to work with your landlord owns your grow house man so you're going to be working with him 
Yeah, definitely. And most landlords, every once in a while, regardless if they think anything's going on, like to know that their house is in okay shape. So don't take an inspection as an like, oh my God, it's typical business, guys. Yep. And these guys are glad to have people paying their mortgages. So just be honest, straight up, and don't fuck up their house, and you'll be all right. Exactly. All right, question number three or four or whatever. Who cares? Another question. I want to keep hitting these babies. Uh, this guy, me and you have both grown in uh, deep water culture buckets. Awesome. This guy, I have a three-bucket recirculating drip system. I am two weeks into flower. Everything's great so far. Knock on wood. He's a first-time grower, he says. Yeah. I'm noticing that salt residue on top of my hydrogen. Question. Should I rinse my ladies out with RO water really good to dissolve all the salts and then rinse out the resin refill as usual? So, I mean, this is a common situation, right, Scotty? Yeah. We've all yeah, probably using some... GH3 part. Absolutely. I asked him. I, I guessed it, man. <laughs> well, go ahead. What's your recommendation, man? This yeah, is I mean, uh, something we've both ran into plenty of times. Yeah, if you're using GH3 part and you take a little bit of that and you pour it, you know, take a couple of droplets and pour it out on your you know, on the floor, on a table or something, you come back 24 hours later, it's going to be a little pile of salt. That's basically what it is. It's salt suspended in water. So the same thing if you're splashing that all across the top of your rocks and the tippy top of your buckets, it's going to evaporate and it's going to leave a salt trail. Um, there's not too much you can do about it. You can certainly wash it off and, you know, wash it back into the system, but it's probably just going to get there again. I mean, I think he's using the water farms with the little Venturi drip ring that spits out. That that thing gets full of salt, too. Yeah, I mean, those things are always, you know, they actually get clogged up. We actually had to drill the holes out of ours with an eighth-inch drill bit because they they would get clogged up with salt. So, I mean, it's just kind of par for the course when you're using a salt-based nutrient like GH. I will tell you, man, I yielded like a, you know, whatever. I yielded a lot with GH, man. So, I mean, it's decent stuff. But it's a salt-based nutrient, man. There's no way around it. So yeah, you I, just got to be on top of your maintenance for sure, like you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you got. I would say you keep it low. I'd keep it from eight to twelve hundred ppm. I really wouldn't be going any further than any no, higher than that. Don't need to go higher than that. Yeah, and I, I think if you just do that, and yeah, an occasional rinse out. Sure, you can go t- uh, with a uh, some fresh water on top. You know, maybe a two-gallon watering can on top every you know once a week or something like that, and just top water them. Just yeah, to what mix, I like to mix do everything with- up. Once a week, and this might be overkill to some people, man, run your system on just plain pH-adjusted water. Like you said, RO's great. And run it for half of a light cycle. Suck all that shit out. Fill it up again. So basically, what you, and run it for half a light. You're going to run a whole light cycle with two resi changes, and you'll see if you have a parts per million meter, you'll notice that this really starts going down. You know, you could see that your first freshwater hit in that system, you put your parts per million meter in there, and it could be like 500 even though there's no nutrient, it's that salt leaching out. Oh, hell yeah. And Drain you, all that out and do it again, especially, I mean, everybody that grows DWC should have a badass shop back that is, <laughs> that in my opinion, unless you have all the drains you need everywhere, that is dedicated to that system for this type of work. It makes work a lot easier. Um, when you have, yeah, I had like an 18, 20-gallon nice ridge that would just, you know, bam, just suck that system out really quick and makes work easy. Definitely. Hell yeah, um, man. And or switch. I, I have noticed there are different, a lot of different nutrient options out there today. Of course, like Scotty says, we have no problem with GH3 part. Some commercial growers just use that strictly from start to finish. But um, I, I've noticed. Uh, let's see, Ionic, Ionic Bloom and Grow. Um, I think that's from HDI International. Is a little bit cleaner. I think also Dutchmaster, Dutchmaster. Uh, I think it's their gold. 
they have a grow and a bloom. Actually, they have an A and a B grow and an A and a B bloom. That was definitely a bit cleaner. I'm trying to think of any. I shouldn't say cleaner, well, just less salt. Sure. What about up. Canna? Does Canna have anything? Because my Canna, I'm, I'm using the cocoa formulation. I'm sure they must have something for hydroponic, but that is a clean nutrient. I mean, I don't even get anything close to salt on my plants with that. Yeah, Canna definitely has a hydroponic nutrient. Um, let me pull it up here because I should totally know that. Is it aqua maybe or aqua substance? You're thinking of aqua flakes. Aqua flakes would be house and garden. That's another oh, one you could look at. Nah, um, I don't love house and garden, man. <laughs> yeah, I've never used much of their stuff either. I can't say I'm a, a full-on fan by any means. But then again, we're talking hydroponics here. Um, so Canna's nutrient for hydroponics is their, not their Terra, their Aqua. That's pretty easy. That's what you said, wasn't it? Damn straight, man. That's straight. <laughs> aqua Vega and Aqua Floors. Yeah, man. I would take a look at that Canna. If you're anywhere near a way to grow or anybody that sells Canna, damn, that is good shit, man. I mean, you barely – I never – flush with my canna never flush you know once a week i'll just top water with some uh, recharge and some fish and that's my flush and dude when i'm using recirculating deep water culture with my octopots you could also so, um sorry you're just uh, reminding me one last recommendation flora duo from gh as well i think that's supposed that's a two-part and that's supposed to be a little bit less salt based yeah yeah that is their newer stuff and you can probably get a feed chart for that from gh with their water farm system i bet Exactly, exactly. Which, well, by the way, which you will need to cut in half. <laughs> you know, any feed chart, those 5, 10, 15 milliliter feed charts from GH, man, they were way too strong back in the day. They always are. They're, they're at the max recommendations for the hungriest strain you got. Right. So, yeah, like you said, cut in half at least. I always start everything quarter strength, build up from there. And then also uh, in deep water culture, any hydro system guys, unless you really know your plants, make sure you're topping off with fresh water between reservoir changes. You don't want to get that shit too hot. Um, All right, that was some good hydro talk. Bring the hydro talk. I kind of miss growing hydro. It's been a while, but uh, I'm not going back. (laughs) You know, I got the nice marriage of it. I consider my octopots hydro. It's just the kind of hydro that you can show up in your reservoirs can be empty and your plants aren't dead. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I went to go show show my system off to somebody last week, and I brought him in, and my reservoir was completely empty, sucking air. You know, the water pumps are sucking air. Oh, yeah, you can hear that. Yeah, yeah, there's your your pro grower right there, man. I'm a pro stoner, man, not a pro grower. Also, I mentioned the shop vac, guys. The second tool that every hydro grower needs are float valves, man. I can't tell you how many times I overfill the rest. You know, back in the day, you get the phone call. Like I said, your buddy, you, you know, you, you crack a beer and sit on the couch for this funny part of the Chappelle's show, and you're like, an hour later, oh, shit. Oh, hang on. <laughs> so, it's, why is the ceiling dripping? That's right, dude. Never have, yeah, rule number three, never have a hydroponic grow room on the second floor. So No, I disagree, man. Oh, without man. The proper precautions, man. Without float valves and without a full-on pond liner. In yeah, there. if you guys haven't heard, dude, his first garden ever overflowed a 100-gal resi, and uh, the way we found out is that the water started coming through the vents down into the basement where we were sitting and joined some conversation. So it literally made it, I literally made it rain. <laughs> Word. All right, next question, next question, grow talk. All right, this is for you, I think, Scotty. You had mentioned an inexpensive way to set up a pH monitor controller. Can you explain in detail how to set it up? And I will add, without boring us. 
Yeah, Got sounds it. good, man. I just wanted to do this right quick. Just let everybody know uh, if you need. There's a couple benefits to this. If you need a P, uh, pH monitor controller, there's something called a Pinpoint. You can just Google it or whatever. They're all over every, you know, Amazon. They're about two hundred bucks, and it's literally just a pH pen with two plug, two outlets in the back. An outlet that turns on when it gets to the low level. Outlet that turns on when it gets to the high level. And all you do is you set, and it has a. Uh, uh, full-time pH probe that sits in your reservoir. What I really wanted to say is what I found out is that pH probe, which are about $35, the, the replacement pH probe from Pinpoint, mm -hmm. replaces a Blue Lab pH probe, $150 Blue Lab. And what would you say? Is this a website, Pinpoint? It's just a brand. It's just like okay. a, uh, yeah, so if you need a pH probe for your $300 Blue Lab pens and you're thinking about, man, I don't want to spend that 150 bucks, you can buy a $35 or $40 uh, pinpoint pH probe, and they're pretty much universal. You know, they all have that same connection. So I think I found a nice little uh, money-saving hack there for, for us all. I know that I'm using, my, uh, I'm using my Blue Lab pH pen with this pinpoint uh, pH probe and man, I'm saving I'm saving 110 bucks. So that was what that was really what I wanted to get out there. But well, how much point, is it? Have you added up how much everything is together? Like as far as for this, they wouldn't call it homemade. You're just putting together. It's 199 bucks for the, for the uh, pinpoint, and that comes with the probe. So then you just need two really wimpy maxi jet pumps. Like those maxi jet 500 pumps, a real slow wimpy pump. And then what you do is you just hook those uh, one maxi jet pump to you plug into the lower range and the other maxi jet pump you pump into the upper range. So when it gets to 5.5, the maxi jet pump for the lower range kicks on, and that's sitting in a bucket of water that has uh, you know low pH water. Maybe it has uh, I'm sorry, high pH water. So maybe it has like 7.0 or 8.0 water in there. So it slowly starts trickling some water into the reservoir. Yeah. And so, and what I use, the big trick that I use, the reason I wanted to actually speak this instead of typing it back to the guy, was that I'll actually set both those uh, uh, pumps up, both the MaxiJet pumps up, with a singular dripper, a big dripper in there, like a, a eighth inch dripper in there, and I'll make it so it just kind of looks like it's not, it's not a half inch hose, the half inch hose that comes off the MaxiJet, it's just a little drip line out of the maxi jet because you don't want a whole bunch of water coming out at once because that'll raise or lower your ph in like five seconds and yeah you and you want the system recirculating really well yeah so this you just kind of put a you know you basically when you turn the pump on for the lower range it runs a dripper and a dripper what delivers you know eight ounces per minute 16 ounces per minute so slowly but surely it raises the ph up and it gives it time to shut off and adjust and I don't know if I confused everybody there, but no, you're good. I wanted to tell you that, um, like I said, the prices have come down on these a bit. They retail, for example, one here an autopilot digital pH controller from Hydrofarm retails at 370. So they are. I mean, back in the day, it used to be like 800 bucks, right? If you're yeah. buying anything from Hydroponic Store, but uh, yeah, not a bad price for one here, and it comes with the dosing pump and uh, has a little digital control on here, so. It does come with two dosing pumps, one for high and one for low, or just one dosing pump? It says, uh, let's see here, after selecting the dired pH, it can change ranges from 5 to 8 pH, and it automatically adds pH adjustment. You might be right here. It says either, you know, acid or alkaline to change the liquid pH level. So it sounds like, yeah, this is only going to help you go up or down, right, because you need two pumps. Yeah. 
Yeah, you see, the other one was so simple, man. The other one was, it, it didn't even pair it up with no expensive pumps to make money on you with. Just grab your maxi jet pumps or go get some cheap pumps from your store, you know, $8, $10 pumps. You plug them into the back of this $200 unit and you're done, you know? Yeah, and the maxi jets are pretty damn spending because they're nice. There's other um, eco, they're called eco something. Sure. And it's only like $13 for their smallest pump. Yeah. Um, but word, that's what a good idea. What are you breakfast there, dude? What's going on over there? Sorry, man. man. Sorry, Jeez, guys. Wait, Hold wait, on now. Man. Fucking professional over here, man. I started toking a little. I started to get a little lightheaded, and I realized I haven't had anything but coffee and weed this morning, Scotty. So I just tried to sneak a hard-boiled egg in, all right? Well, we're all judging you over here, man. All right. Well, since we're judging, we're going to take a, we're gonna take a break, and we should come back with uh, what's going on in our grows, Scotty. Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. Um, word, guys. I hope – I mean, if you like any of that grow talk, uh, you know, you want to pick up one of those – uh, controllers, the pH controllers that are already made, T5 lighting, all that shit. If you're in Colorado, of course, hook it up over at any of the six way to grows. Bam. Just use Dude Grows account. You'll get a good oh, discount. Yeah. Show some love and go over there and pick up some recharge, man. We'll be over there stocking the stores later today, man. Exactly. Or, you know, maybe you need that 1,000-watt Horty Lux, uh, 60 bucks out the door. Say, hey, man, Dude Grows, I want to get this bulb for 60 That's like half of retail. It's yeah, actually man. wholesale, so... Yeah, love that deal. You got to tell them about that deal, man. Ain't nobody giving that deal out readily, man. You got to be like, yo, man, I want the $60 dude bulbs deal, man, you know? It is a little bit on the down low, but you tell them what's up, they'll they'll honor it. Totally. All right, man, let's take a break, Scotty. We got some good stuff coming up, uh, what's going on in our grows. Then we're going to put it in the bag. Come on, come on, come on. So we'll be right back, guys. All right. My eyes are pumping blood right now. What happened with your eyes? You stick something in your eye? No, they pump it blood because I smoked too much weed and I drank too much last night. They pump it. They like sure? pump it like my heart. I can feel my heart beat through my eyes. Yeah, that, that's, that's crazy, man. Isn't that crazy? I gotta smoke up again. Yeah, you probably should. I'm gonna smoke up again because that'll, that'll fix that problem right there. Ain't gonna have that problem no more if you know what I'm saying. Dope. You know what I'm saying? Dope. I like dope. You like dope. You like to smoke dope. I like to smoke dope. I like to smoke chiba. I think every single day you wake up, you smoke. I like to smoke the ganja. I like to smoke the marijuana. How much dope do you think you smoke, man? I say I go about pound a day. Pound a day. Yeah, that's a lot. It's not a lot when you grow young. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. I mean, I got a whole, I got a whole warehouse full of that shit. Right. That's right. How do you think I got this job? You think that your weight problem has something to do with all the dope that you're smoking? I mean, 475 pounds, and you don't have any other skills but verbal. Do you think that's a recipe for uh, for death, my man? I don't think it's a recipe for death. I think it's a recipe for life. I got, uh, you know, I think I'm I think I'm healthy. Well, you, you might your brain might be healthy. My brain healthy. My right. my body healthy. Right. It's all good. Look at me. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. You don't have no skills but verbal, right? You don't walk around nowhere. You sit in that big chair every day, right? and you get high, and you smoke pot. That's right. And you get high. That's right. And you smoke. You make me laugh. And then you talk on the radio all day. You make me laugh, because that shit's funny. It is funny. But it's true. I'm just looking out for your health, man. I don't want you I don't want you to die. Don't go. Yeah. Who wants me to die? Nobody wants you to die. I don't want me to die. 
Because when you're dead, you won't be here. Then you'll be gone. If I be gone, I'll be gone, you know? Who's going to be on the radio show with me at that point? I don't know. I got to just stop my eyes from pumping blood. Do you have a backup? Backup for what? A backup for you in case you die. I don't really understand what you're saying. Let's get back to smoking. This is uh, Jay Tiftiction. We're located at DUI5280.com. If you get pulled over, roadside tests are not your friend. There's no punishment for refusing to do roadside testing. The, the best piece of advice I can give anybody who's being accused or investigated for a crime, keep your mouth shut. Give them your name, give them your address, tell them who you are, and that's it. If you're in that predicament, you're probably going to be arrested anyways. Why well, give them more information? We're located at DUI5280.com or at uh, 303 DUI5280. So if you just remember DUI5280, you can always find us. Hey, guys, what is going on in our grows, Scotty? Oh, man. Plenty, man. Plenty. You need to take it away because I'm curious now about you said that uh, you had almost uh, a freak out about some pests. No, I had a full-on freak out about some pests. Thank God I had some, some scientists to help me figure shit out, man, while Scotty was losing his shit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, went, went down to the garden. And, you know, we just had people from Cannabis Cup up, man. So I've had visitors to my garden. I've had my buddy with root aphids, you know, a couple friends with root aphids come out and visit. Oh, I remember, man. I was at the Cup, and I'm like, I don't really know if you should let that guy in your house. <laughs> Yeah, and so you were saying to me that, and it kind of got me freaking out. So about a week later, I'm standing there looking at the garden, and sure enough, there's uh, th- there's crawlies. Now, and I don't mean a few crawlies. I mean a lot of things crawling Where at? around my roots, man. How'd you see them? Like in your, down into the, in the reservoir? No, um, on top, right on top. Okay. So I'd be looking down, you know, kind of inspecting the plants and inspecting the, the, the top root system, you know, just from the yeah. top inch or whatever, making sure I'm not being too moist in there. And my plants are constantly moist because of, of uh, the octopods. You know, they're constantly waking up. They're never dry. And so I'm looking, and there's all these little tiny bugs, man, just crawling around. And I don't mean a few. I mean a lot. So I got the microscope out. I actually recorded some on, uh, with the – get these $60 microscopes on Amazon that mm-hmm. plug, plug into your computer. Oh, yeah. I got two of them. Yeah, definitely, man. So I went down there, played for a half hour, and uh, really got some good footage of them. I was like, dude, I'm going to figure this out, man. If these are root aphids, I'm going for it, man. I'm getting the Botanigard. I'm checking out the OG Biowar. I'm getting the <laughs> ne- nematodes, man. And I was really, really out to hit them. So I put the video online, and uh, man, I don't know if this guy wants to be mentioned, so I never mentioned him. But the, by shit, I ain't gonna say by far. One of the smartest guys that 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 I, I've had the experience of uh, of talking to, and uh, we'll call him JD, man. And this guy is really technical, man. Anytime I, I say anything uh, that has any wiggle room, man, he comes in and gives me the straight up facts, man. So Gosh. I I appreciate this guy. Um, but anyway, man, he came in and took a look at them and diagnosed them as springtails, which are actually a beneficial insect. Don't do any, they don't do any harm. And he was like, he, he looked at them. He said, I think they're springtails. He brought me some, you know, university of Iowa or Idaho or something like that, you know, uh, uh, real research. And then he said, the real key is if they jump, if you see them jumping, which is like, they have a spring on their tail. 
Yep. Then, then you know they're springtails. And I'm like, yes! I'm like, I wonder oh, why they there. named them that. <laughs> but I was in there. I go, yes, they were definitely jumping, man. Yes. That's why I had He's like, celebrating. Yeah, I was told you can see it on Facebook, man. He shows he says, Oh, I think they're spring tails. And he goes, If they're jumping yet, I'm like, Yes. Hell yeah. But, but I guess it's an exercise, you know. I mean, if I was a douchebag, I would hide it and be like, Oh, I knew all along they were spring tails, so I was just checking if you guys did. You're just but testing they, people. Yeah, but that ain't the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is to hang out and share what you know and understand that other people are gonna be good at what they know and helpful with what they know. And, uh, yeah, so big shout-out to, to, to J.D., man. Awesome, man. And, and so the end-up was is that I, did, I had springtails, which were beneficial. When I was looking, I was interested to see that where root aphids would hang out and just start sucking on that root because they're pulling the life out of that root. You know, that's what they're feeding on. These guys were just dancing around, jumping around. They couldn't have been the least bit interested in the root. They were looking for dead, uh, dead material in the soil because they're decomposers. Yeah. So no problems there. And uh, I did buy some beneficial nematodes, and I just decided because I have uh, some bugs in the soil that I want some good bugs in the soil as well. I know springtails are quote-unquote beneficial, but I put 20 million nematodes in there as well. And then I went and got the camera out again, caught the nematodes dancing, man. I have a video, <laughs> I have a video, video of two Did you have some music dancing. going on for them? I did, man. I was grooving out some old school Beck, man. And these guys were digging it, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so, awesome. so check it out. I got that on my Facebook page. But uh, anyway, so that was the big freak out. Lasted about 12 hours. I thank my Facebook friends for uh, helping me calm down and get the facts. And thank God, man. I just got out of the doctor, man. Yeah. I ain't got the root aphids, man. I ain't got them. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. So much love to the community. Word. What else? That is. What else you got going on? Is that is that all the excitement for the week and and Scotty's grow? Scotty reels grow. Uh, there was a heck of a lot of excitement going on, man. I'm trying to think, man. You said you were changing some bulbs. How often do you change bulbs? I always like to ask people that. You know, I should be changing them every uh, every other harvest. You know, every four months would be good. Um, but, you know, I'm probably about seven, eight months in, and I just changed half the room. I got to go over to Way to Grow today and buy the uh, those Hortolux bulbs, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm running. It's kind of cool because um, I had four new plant maxes just sitting there, brand new plant maxes that, that were there. So I plugged them in the one flowering room, and I tell you what, just the difference between plugging them in, I can already see I'm going to have a much bigger harvest this time. I mean, it's super noticeable. Like, I'm at week three on, uh, you know, my, my couple plants that I'm flowering up in that room. Yeah. And they're noticeably bigger. It's the Island Sweet Skunk, too, which is one of those just obscenely large plants. But... <laughs> it's a bush, man. It's out of control if you don't keep it in control. I'm hitting my two L's per light on this one, man. I can. It's week three, and I can tell already. How excited are you about trimming that Island Sweet Skunk? She's pretty, she's pretty hairy, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. That thing did take a long time to trim. You're right. Hey, what can you do, man? What can you do? I never bitch about trimming weed. <laughs> it can always, yeah, I hear that. I hear that. And when I do, yeah, you got to put yourself in perspective. Yeah. Um, all There's right. Well, these dollars to pick up, and it's so hard. <laughs> all right. Well, the dudes grow here. Got some good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I'm always, it seems like I got to, I'll take any tips and tricks too. I didn't really reach out to, to, to the networks per se, the Facebook friends, but seems like I'm always spraying these sativa, different genetics. I got sour relief now. 
um, that's showing me a nitrogen deficiency with, I mean, I only got about two weeks, two and a half weeks left, so it's probably not a, a time that I'm going to panic about it, you know? Sure. It's not like I'm going to fully start throwing nitrogen in there and address it. But what I always have done, and it's, it shows me results in a light cycle, is doing that foliar spraying with some kelp, man. Sure. Um, and I have no no fear spraying kelp on my plants, on my big, beautiful flowers that have two weeks left. And the plants respond. Uh, they definitely green up a little. I think I'm just kind of helping them get over that slight deficiency. I'm almost a flush, but I still don't like seeing the plant deficient if it doesn't have to be, you know. And how uh, much kelp do you put in a spray bottle? Uh, I use, man, I'm so like, I, the spray bottle I use is just a little tiny, I think an 8 ounce. I think I sure. put like, you know, just maybe not even a quarter teaspoon. A, a general rate for me would be for any quality kelp product out there, a teaspoon per quart. If it's just a good kelp, you're not going to do any burning or any problems. A burning with foliar spraying with kelp, probably not impossible, but hard to do. Um, That's pretty heavy though, man. A teaspoon per quart is heavy. Yeah, I mean, you could go less than that if you want for the two products, the, the, the Bud Charge that I use and the Spree Kelp, which are just two, you know, good liquid kelps that has been good. You could well, always Super try Kelp is, is an extract, though, so that, that has just the uh, the, the biostimulants. Okay. That's more, yeah, that's more of an extract. Right so, on. Well, yeah, so, so that, I would say you could spray at any concentration. It's definitely not going to burn. Yeah, and like I said, I love kelp all along, spraying, putting it in my roots, watering it in, freaking everything. Um, but let me go on to what else is going on. Good stuff. Uh, pulled two island sweet skunks the other day, which really freed up some room in my garden. Uh, and as I mentioned, looking at those, what I do is I pull those out of the flowering room. They go down into a dark room for two days, two to three days. Uh, it's just habit. I'm not going to argue with people that it does a bunch, but I really like giving them that dark period. Uh, and then I'll trim those up, which, you know, thank God the wife's going to help with that because they're, like I said, they're, they got a lot of leaf material. Come on, uh, ring a ding, man, ring a ding. I'll help you trim. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we should try and trim a whole one without cutting any branches off like that one plant. That would be so hard. That was awesome. Island sweet skunk, dear God. Um, but, yeah, the veg room is what I wanted to give people some tricks on. The veg room is running like a jungle, man. Too quick. Going crazy, um, I'm definitely wanting to slow it down. So what I've been doing, I have a T5 8 bulb in there, and it has the switches on it. You can turn off half the lights. So I'll give them, I'll give the plants, you know, full light for at least half of the cycle. And right now my bedroom's running at about 15 and a half hours instead of 18. I'm trying to really bring it down, cut down the light in there before the plants go outside. Wow. Um, so I turn off half the bulbs too. Like I said, you can turn off. Um, the middle half and leave the outer ones on, which is what I typically do because I have plenty of height in the middle of your plants, as always, and your side you know, structure usually isn't as much. Um, as well as, of course, vegetative topping. That will definitely, you know, if you want to top the hell out of your plant, that will shock its, uh, you know, umph to go and uh, metabolism basically and, and hold up for hopefully a week. But I've seen plants, Scotty, where you're, they're so damn happy. It's like you top it and five days later you can't tell. Oh, hell yeah, it, definitely. Know, the turbo vegetative growth. Well, you ain't cutting the roots, man. You're just cutting the tops, man. So the roots are there. They ain't got no tops. What do they do? Make tops. Yeah, and it's Ooh. amazing. I mean, some of these plants, they're, one of them's in a two-gallon, and I can tell it's like, get me out of this container. <laughs> so right. I'm waiting to go outside at least until, like, March 15th, um, and then I'll probably, you know, take a few out for sure. 
And uh, I think I was going to take all five out. I am going to keep uh, one beautiful white widow. I'm going to try and do it under two 315s is my idea here in the flower room. Because shutting down the flower room, I made my decision is just it's too sad. We got all these videos to make, all you know, all this great information that comes from just a couple lights running. Got to keep learning, right? Oh yeah, definitely, man. And runner hot, man. Push your, you know, if you if the one choice was to shut it down, and so what? You have nothing to lose, you know. By definition, you have nothing to lose then. Yeah, exactly. And um, and I'm gonna shut off one light. I'm either gonna run two three fifteens. Or two six hundreds. I just don't like to run all my lights in the summer, man. That AC just does not shut off, and it's like, man, I don't have the money to pimp that mini split yet. So we're gonna let the AC chill out a little, and you know, only run two lights, but have I believe one one big. We're gonna see what we can get off of one plant. That's gonna be the challenge under twelve hundred watts. Let's try and go for like four pounds or something. How about <laughs> nice? All right, let's do it. Let's see what you got. I've gotten two and a half pounds per light when I did vertical, uh, or I'm sorry, two and a half pounds per plant when I did vertical uh, gardening, which mm-hmm. was I, t- I took uh, HPS lights and just put them vertically in a diamond yeah. around, you know, I think I had two plants in each flowering room. Hell yeah. also, I think I had an eight by eight flowering room. I maybe could have fit one more plant in there. I mean, the size I was doing these plants, two, three plants for each each flowering room. They're called tree style grows, and if you ever want to Google it, vertical light tree style grows, Google that, man, and you will see some amazing shit, dude. Yeah, it makes sense, guys. As I say, man, most people, uh, you know, I shouldn't say most people. I keep forgetting, you know, our show is nationwide, worldwide, baby. But in Colorado, you got plant counts to deal with, whether you're growing recreationally, medically, whatever. So the bigger the plants, usually, you know, the better for me. Especially yeah, I don't know too many other places that don't have plant counts. You know true, I mean? true. Back in the day, you know, like what? What Florida have? If you if you if you grow over twenty five plants, you're uh, you're going to jail no matter what plant count. Yeah, yeah. But if you grew under twenty five, it's just a slap on the wrist. Back in the day, yeah. So <laughs> they figured that loophole out, man. Yeah, it, it is good to know your state laws. Normal is a really good site for that. They have a lot of good information on there about different state laws, and at least you'll know. If you do get that knock on the door, what you're up against, you'd be like, damn, I wish I grew, you know, like you said, 24 plants instead of 26. Sure. So. Yeah, absolutely. And 99 is always is always the rule. You go over 99 plants, man, then you hit a minimum mandatory federal federal time. I believe it's a three-year minimum mandatory. Oh, no, man. On that, but I know that you're talking federal time when you talk over 100 plants. And that's when, even if you're in Colorado, even if you've got a doctor's, you know, statement that says you can grow 106 plants. Well, the state don't recognize that, man, and the feds definitely don't recognize that. So you better hope your doctor shows up and, uh, <laughs> and then it's yeah, good on the stand because uh, it, that dog won't hunt, as yeah. as Doctor J might <laughs> as Doctor J might say. Well, yeah, and unfortunately, like I, you know, when I'm I'm looking for the news for you guys, a little bit of news for the show, I search one of my searches um, is growing marijuana. And, you know, still it's pulling up, you know, the, the archaic prohibition states where, you know, Dave whatever got busted with 12 plants in Iowa and facing this, you know, so it's out there for sure. We are for spoiled sure. here, Scotty. I mean, you know, Russ Belleville just got pulled over, man. I saw that. I was really? Twitter. Oh, shit, yeah, man. He's coming back from the cannabis. Maybe he was going to the cannabis cup. I don't even know. But uh, in Utah, and I mean, literally... It's a big deal. You can go to jail for a joint in Utah, man. They ain't fucking around. And guess what? That's why I've never been to Utah. 
Yeah, I mean, they got, I, I got to go for They got Moab out there. I got to got lie. I have been there one time. I did learn how to snowboard years ago at Park City, and I tried to drink their beer, and it didn't get me drunk at all. It didn't even didn't even phase me, man. It was like drinking <laughs> soda water. I was like, what the hell's going on here, man? Oh, so I, awesome. I never went back to Utah. And they told me they had a law there that said that you have to buy a bottle of liquor, and then they put a seal on it. For 24 hours, you're not allowed to open it. And I was like, this fucking place is whacked, Whoa. man. Yeah, you know, so I left and never went back. Interesting. And, and did I do recommend to get all political on the soapbox? Y'all, we need to vote with our dollars, man. If you're pro marijuana, come spend your money in Colorado where where they appreciate it. You know what I mean? Where they're willing to uh, accept us. You know what I mean? I'm, I'll be damned if I'm going to go to Utah where they don't want me. Yeah, there's plenty to do here, even if you're not a burner. That's for sure. But let's get ready to put it in the bag, Scotty. You're getting political here and yada Hell yada. Yeah. All right. Just, so you're not the only one that's drinking coffee today, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, guys, that was uh, number 26, episode 26. We are moving on strong. Um, as we've been saying, uh, if you want to give support, hook up some recharge off of 420growlab.com. There's a store over there. I've already sent some out. Getting excited to hear the feedback. Like I said, we had one garden. The only thing the guy changed, he went from uh, one pound per light to 1.5, simply adding recharge to his nutrient regimen. Um, and that was awesome to see. He was growing. What did he grow in? Was it uh, soilless or uh, cocoa, or what's he doing? Uh, he was growing in soilless. I think it was sunshine number four. And what kind of base nutrients? Was it like a synthetic organic mix, or was he straight synthetic? You know, he was using the uh, Sensi Bloom. He was using. He actually had some advanced he was still using. So, so we, you we got, got him on some canna base, too, didn't you? I, oh, you know what? That is true. I did. I told him to switch out. So it wasn't the only thing. Recharge wasn't the only thing. So I did tell him to go get himself a really good base. And you know what, man? I will uh, be a shill here. He went to uh, Way to Grow, used the uh, Dude Grows account, and bought the 25 liters of canna. And I don't even know if I'll mention how cheap it was, but it was like a price I was jealous of. You know what <laughs> nice. I mean? Like I was like, dude, I want to go do that, man. It was so dirt cheap, man. I actually told my California people about it. Dude, you can afford to use Canna, especially if you can buy it in the 25-liter jugs. Yeah, the boys over at Way to Grow will save you some money on that, absolutely. So don't Sweet. be afraid to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, we push what we believe in, listeners. And what we use, you know what I mean? You go down, you'll see. Uh, if you, I if gotta you use at, it to believe in it, right? If you look at my <laughs> garbage today, you'll see there's a few uh, canna containers up on the top, man, waiting for the garbage, man. I go That's through that shit like water. Awesome. I remember back in the day, man, you make that effort to throw out none of your old containers. Like oh my God. they're all bagged up. They're what am I gonna do? I'm gonna bury these fuckers. <laughs> hey, my my garbage man just looks at me and winks when he sees me. <laughs> all right? He just looks at me and winks. That's awesome. Make sure you give him a tip every once in a while. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Put him one of those dude gross stash bags out there with a treat. Oh, people right. love those, man. I made a few of those loaded with some goodies, man, loaded with all, all, the, all the good kind that we've grown over the past few months. And we gave those out at the Cannabis Cup to a few of our buddies. And I had a few left over. I've still been giving them out. And golly, if those don't make people happy, man. You know, yeah. a couple grams of some delicious herb. Holy shit, that'll make people happy. Right on, Scotty Real. Let's put this one in the bag. we got plenty to do here. And, Mom, uh, man, we're we going to go hang out at the Soil Days over at Way to Grow, no? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that sounds like fun, man. Store. Hope you guys enjoyed 20, number, number 26 there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, i got to slow down a little bit here. This is Dude Grows, Scotty Real. Thanks. Guys, we'll be back soon, of course, with number 27. 
And thanks for all the support. Send us some emails. Talk to us. Let's talk grow. Grow your own. Yeah, huh, man. Let's do it. Yeah, huh. Yeah, huh. <laughs> Later. Yeah, I'm going back to Florida, man. I tell you, if I had my own machine and I had products pouring out the end of it, I'd probably have a set of vapor pens here, you know, loaded and locked, so. Listening to the Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4:20. Exactly.